Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your plug, fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over depression. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Out here in the fields, I fought for my meals. I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. I'm reminded of that dark history as I hear voices today try and justify the actions of the insurrectionists on January 6th. <laughs> I don't need to be President Trump summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. To my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible, there will come a day when Donald Trump is gone, but your dishonor will remain. You are fake news. Shut up, silly woman. Very fake news. You sound like a hysterical, bleeping, snowflake, lesbo bleep. I agree with that. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. You know, I'm glad to see... At least I believe you were not, in fact, arrested at the North Idaho Pride event yesterday. I didn't even go because I did not want to bring my baby. So what was I going to do? Well, I thought they were still in jail. I read just moments ago that they have all uh, posted bond and they're out. But 30 plus definitely not feds were arrested in your neck of the woods at the North Idaho Pride event. They might not be feds. I'll give my opinion on this later. Yeah, we'll talk about it momentarily because the story actually was front page of the Huffington Post earlier until the Senate gun deal was announced earlier today. More on both of those uh, stories momentarily. And then after that, Mm -hmm. the uh, the transitory inflation, it's just it's not transitioning out of here, as was forecasted, continues to surge. Uh, Biden inflation reaches 8.6% year on year in May. And uh, it's not just Pootler's fault, obviously. Biden has a new line. It's those greedy Asian shipping companies. They're the ones who are behind this ominous inflation rate. Uh, A guy uh, was caught trying to apparently assassinate Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh over the uh, abortion case leak. And it's already yesterday's news. Nobody cares. Yep, exactly. Another insurrection that doesn't count. Instead, we care about the insurrection that does count. That's January 6th and the uh, the committee's prime time hearing. Uh, don't worry, we're only going to spend as much time on that as is uh, necessary, which is not much. But there are a few things I want to discuss about it. Plus, we have not hoax hate 
uh, man, I always try to stretch whatever I can into, into hoax hate. hate. I couldn't. These are just hilarious, exaggerated and distorted hate to discuss. Mm-hmm. I just it's not really a hoax, any of them or a likely hoax, but uh, several cases to discuss and surprise cringe. I can't wait to get to just an absolutely legendary piece. I can't wait to see your reaction to. I fear you may have seen it already, but we'll find out later in the show. And uh, before we get out of here, tonight's movie review is a few good men. So stick around. And of course we will catch up with your super chats in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good low down money grabbers. We'll get to as many as we can before 1130 p.m. Eastern time. It will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. We have the show store up over there. We have T-shirts. We have hats. We have mugs. We have it all. Plus, we have great offers from our friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Sonoran Defense Technologies. At Sonoran Defense Technologies, we understand that the two-way industry is a unique community with people from all walks of life who come together over the love of firearms and freedom. We also know that control and comfort when it comes to your firearms and gear is absolutely crucial. As such, we produce advanced stippling that provides a great-looking design with the performance to match. You will maintain a positive grip during even the most demanding situations, whether on duty or EDC. Sonoran Defense is renowned for our precision laser stippling on OEM Glock frames and CZ P0709s, which provides both aesthetic profiles and performance enhancements that are far superior to what factory textures provide the shooter. We also pride ourselves on great customer service and response time. We stand by all of our work and simply do not cut corners. It has to be perfect every time. Learn more about our brand and the full range of products and services at SonoranDefense.com. And remember, Sonoran doesn't just make the coolest custom Glocks around. They can custom laser engrave magazines, knives, drinkware. They even laser engrave the artwork on the very PC that's streaming this show right now. Get 10% off everything from our friends at Sonoran Defense using promo code G's. That's J-E-E-Z at SonoranDefense.com for 10% off. Find everything you need from Sonoran Defense, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at MattChristensenMedia.com. Deals, uh, deals by listeners, for listeners. Just a couple brief uh, points of discussion before we get into the news. Uh, number one, uh, we owe the audience a huge thank you. After my uh, reluctant shilling last week, uh, we saw a really incredible response of subscriptions to support yep. the show. And, you know, a lot of people did not know that you can uh, support the show on the website. Yeah. I, I maybe actually, maybe we should have been doing some more shilling. I got a few emails that said you should shill more. Yeah. Um, no, we uh, I, I, to, the, to the extent that people didn't know that was available. That's probably true. But um, but as I mentioned last week, you know, I, I don't I, I hesitate to do that. I just hate overdoing it. So I tend to underdo it. But Anyway, point being, we are very humbled, uh, very appreciative that you guys have put the show in good position to weather some tougher financial times. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it was so humbling that I, I messaged Blonde on Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember, but I said, if I was capable of crying, I would. That's how <laughs> encouraging and meaningful it was. 
So once again, a massive thank you to those who signed up to support the show to uh, keep it operational. And again, if you find value in the show at uh, a buck a month, consider supporting through the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash support. And now I will shill no more forever. Moving on. What? Forever? I didn't agree to this. <laughs> For like a, a, a few weeks. We'll give it a rest. <laughs> uh Let's see. I did have a piece of art. I want. Speaking of audience uh, contributions, this is a travesty. This is excellent. Uh, I I said no pornographic artwork, <laughs> and here we are. I remember Cesarean Pizza has submitted. This is from listener Cesarean Pizza, and he submitted artwork in the past. I can't remember exactly what, but I do remember the name and the themes. Uh, so. <laughs> This is just a fantastic piece of art, of course, showing uh, you and your heartthrob, Jeff Goldblum, together in embrace as you were always meant to be. And uh, it's like a peeking into Blonde's mind after watching Jurassic Park. This is all she could think about. And uh, says uh, Cesarean Pizza about his work of art. I was so preoccupied with whether I could. I didn't stop to think if I should. You shouldn't. And uh, no, I think he didn't need to take that step. He he clearly. Why does he look so fat? I think well, it's because Goldblum is like laying down in that pose, and he had to okay. kind of manipulate the image. This is a picture of my husband and I, and those pleated pants; those are real. Those are my husband's. Ah, and so this is like uh, this is desecration, is what you're saying. This this has destroyed a beautiful moment in my life. <laughs> I t- all right. Who let my dog out? Dog. Oh, anyway. Am I going to have to take care of this? I don't know what to do. You mean the dog escaped or what? Uh, I don't know. It sounds like, let me see if I can text my friend. Hold on. I was going to say, you can't leave now because we have to talk about the most important news of the week, which is not Adam Schiff. Let me get the right article here. That is, uh, well, th- this news out of Coeur d'Alene, your neck of the woods. I received several emails uh, last night and this morning, half joking. Wondering if you were going to make the show tonight because perhaps you got arrested with all of these very real, not at all fed Patriot front members who were in Coeur d'Alene <laughs> to protest, I guess, the pride event that was at the park. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- OK, so there was a, a prayer event and a pride event. And I tried to drive past the pride event, but it was just too. I don't know. I just don't want any like pedos in proximity of my beautiful child. I just. <laughs> Just steer was, clear, drive away. Yeah, and I thought about like going and seeing Daryl Lamont Jenkins. I just had too much going on. Because you didn't I, have a sighting, right? Even in driving around, you did not see. N- no, and I feel okay. like if he was anywhere within a 100 mile radius, like I, j- I just would see him. You know, he's <laughs> like a landmark. He's he's hard to miss. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I just don't have an enemy to do to do anything, especially because my own shilling. I did an interview yesterday with Jared Taylor on my channel. Um, and we are not going to post it on this audio platform because it was too racist. So it was too spicy for you. It was. Yeah. And wow, okay. and my one with Kevin McDonald. As soon as I was done with them, I immediately messaged you and I was like, don't put these on the audio platform. <laughs> okay. Our audience is not ready. They're not ready. Okay. Well, if you want. <laughs> All right. So if you want to listen to those, go, uh, hop over to my channel. But um, so, yeah, I tried to check it out and, and everybody was texting me um, that I'm friends with around here and they were like, do not go to this, you know, stuff might happen, blah, blah, like don't take your kid. And so so I just didn't. And then I started reading the news about uh, the Patriot Front and I was reminded of that glowy leaked clip that we yes. saw. I don't have um, the clip, but ago. I have the image and people might remember it from the image. Yeah. And and so um, I'm of two minds about this. Uh, a, a few of the facts. So. 
31 members of the of the Patriot Front group. They got arrested right up the street from me um, outside of the Pride event. And they were in a uh, a U-Haul and they were all wearing matching shirts and they were they had their faces covered with like matching white masks. The whole thing, I was like, mm, this is glowy. And I guess they didn't really have anything that would cause them to be charged with felonies, but they they got charged with conspiracy to riot, which is a misdemeanor. Yeah, as in planning to riot, conspiring to riot. They didn't actually really do anything. They just were plotting. They just had like shields and (laughs) stuff. The whole thing is is kind of retarded. Um, And I feel like maybe if it were Fetty, don't you think they'd have? AR-15s, they've had, they've had, or, you know, maybe a little Ray Epps style, uh, encouragement. It'd just be like, I don't know. I mean, maybe you have a point there that, that there wasn't actually a scene that was made. Um, but I do have a news clip from your local, one of your local TV stations that has some video of what happened. If you want to see it. Yeah. Let's check that out. They got the talking. Oh, great. Elaine <laughs> Police Chief Lee White praised this citizen who called 911. They described seeing a small army of men loading up into a U-Haul at the Spring Hill Suites just up the road here. Ten minutes later, authorities made a traffic stop. Police and deputies surrounded the moving truck, and when they opened up the back, they found dozens of men inside, all wearing the same clothes. Coeur d'Alene Police Chief Lee White says the group appears to be associated with a white nationalist hate group. In all, 31 people were arrested and charged with conspiracy to riot. Police say the group has shields, shin guards, and at least one smoke grenade. It is clear from uh, to us, based on the gear that the individuals had all with them, the stuff they had um, in the possession and in the U-Haul with them, along with paperwork that was seized from them, that they came to riot downtown. This is the largest pride event North Idaho has ever seen. The event started at 10 this morning. The crowd was entertained with a talent show and a drag queen dance hour. Several hundred people were in attendance, including several groups that came to protest the event. We saw dozens of people carrying guns. Those groups really stuck to the outside perimeter of the park. While the event was peaceful, organizers say the armed groups were there to intimidate people, (laughs) and they weren't gonna let that happen. Groomers not welcome in Idaho. That's true. I just don't really see what they did wrong. It's not like they had plans to do a fag drag or something. Like, what were they going to do? Shields, a smoke bomb? Oh, well, no. It's weird to say it's clear based on what they had, what their intent was. I mean, what are you saying? You can't have weapons or personal protection without being a presumed criminal. That's a bizarre statement to make. And I don't say that in defense <sighs> of this group. I don't know who this group is. I also don't know if they're legitimate or feds. But I do know that I'm not going to say just because I see someone with personal protective equipment and or weaponry that they are presumed to be criminal. I find that to be yeah. very yeah. odd. Okay, so let me tell you why I'm of two minds about about this on the one hand the you know the dressing the same the loading into the u-haul and all of this it's fetty the previous video that we talked about real fetty we were sure about that yeah if people don't remember uh they the video that leaked through unicorn riot it was them speaking to a camera and the it was like they thought they forgot the camera was rolling or they thought it was off and they go all right now that the cameras are off we can hile hitler right guys and they do they salute yeah, yeah. um but maybe they're just kind of tizzy and the, the other thing was that um, only one of them was from Idaho. So when you see this yeah. out-of-state presence, that's typically when I'm like, fed, fed, fed. However- they, the, the concerned citizen was at the hotel, the reporter said. So they were loading up a U-Haul at a hotel. At a hotel. And someone called 911. That's so lame. Come that's on, weird. people. Be cool. Um, but I do, you know, I'm a- I'm really hooked into the dissident right culture in um to in the North real Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. To the real core. But truly I am. Yeah. And like I put some feelers out and I was asking people 
that would know about this. And they were like, oh, these guys are for real. They're, you know, they're kind of just nerds. They don't deserve the group leader was arrested is one of those arrested. Yeah. Yeah. And so it seems to be that the people around here that would know don't think that these people are feds. And then it's kind it might be kind of a cop out for people on the right to be like, they're clearly feds. Feds usually go harder than this. Like, why wouldn't they have uh, illegally obtained AR-15s and stuff? Yeah, I don't know. They, they had a gas bomb and a gas or grenade, a smoke, like, a, what the, or what smoke, smoke grenade, whatever they said. I, I so That's I assume like one it'd be, step underneath fireworks. That's nothing. Yeah, I, uh, well, and I shields. Uh, this is nothing. It, you know, well. It's uh, very odd, to say the least, but uh, it was, you know, like I said, it was considered significant news yesterday, even though no real crime really happened. They said there was documentation. What did the documentation say? Meet at the park to beat up the queers or something yeah, like that. Really. Uh, I don't know. To but. be clear, I'm sure some of the people involved in this group were informants. I'm sure they've hmm. got a few. Well, if we learn more, we will return to the story, but uh, we'll have to keep it moving because there's plenty to talk about. And um, I try to minimize showing clips from The View as much as I can because the absurdity <laughs> runs so deep that we'd be here, you know, every day, all every week at least, or all day every week, I suppose. Uh, however, every once in a while they drop a doozy that is just too great to be ignored. So on the topic of gun control, Joy Behar said this week that American attitudes will turn to support gun control once black people get guns. Most AR-15 owners are former military, okay. 35 plus Let me and say married. one more thing. So that's all I'm saying okay. is that they're yeah. not once, crazy once, people. Okay. Here's the thing. Once black people get guns in this country, the gun laws will change. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't even know where to start with this. A lot of black people do have guns. Well, case in point, in perfectly timed fashion, here was another viral video clip this week, live from the main streets of New Orleans. Uh, is, oh is my Uga, god was that guy actually literally saying ooga booga i was gonna say is ooga booga like the n-word they only they get to say it or is that a can I we don't know. can we say ooga booga i don't know is that a slur <laughs> that video i looked into that is authentic by the way i thought it might be an act or fake or something that's legit and to joy behar number one as though those of us who support self-defense rights would sacrifice them just because someone of another race would also like to have them but number two um there are a lot of guns in hands of color. Uh, have a look through the uh, weekend stats in cities like Chicago or Baltimore and uh, get back Booga, with us. But um, It's not going to change our opinion on gun rights. Uh, in fact, it would likely uh, reinforce them. Is Uga Booga a racial... I think you can't say it. I think it's like chimp out. Like you can't say it. <laughs> you definitely can't say that one. Uga Booga, the jury's still out though. Jesus. Oh. Uh, Uga Booga racist, too afraid to ask Reddit. I'll let you guys know. All right. We will get a, a formal opinion on that. On the topic of uh, of uh, gun control in general. I don't know. I'm trying to get off that topic because we're going to get ourselves in trouble. But thank you, Joy. Um, I suppose to Joy's point, though, uh, maybe Senate Republicans saw that video from New Orleans and they've uh, they've realized that hey, black, that <laughs> black people have guns. We got to do something about this. Now they've changed their minds um, that now a gun deal has emerged from the Senate. 
It was announced earlier today, an agreement between 10 Democrats and 10 Republicans, that number 10, of course, being key because any bill's passage through the Senate would would require all Democrats plus 10 Republicans to break the filibuster. Earlier in the week, the House passed a bill that would uh, would ban uh, semi-automatic rifle sales to uh, people under 21 and um, also would implement a 15 round magazine capacity limit, among other things that does not have support among Senate Republicans. So that's dead. This Senate deal is the one that will likely pass now. And while I certainly oppose uh, this bill and all its components individually on principle, I suppose maybe not all. I, I guess I'm open to it, school security investments and things like that, potentially. But as far as like limiting access to guns, I oppose that said, this bill is also almost completely toothless and unlikely to really do a damn thing. So here are the pieces. The big pieces are those under 21 trying to buy a rifle will have to submit to an enhanced background check, a super duper background check. Apparently, this background check that they'll have to submit to will include a review of juvenile and mental health records in addition to the criminal records that are already required. There will it sounds like there might be some additional processing time for this super duper background check for people 18 to 21 trying to buy a rifle. There's also federal money to incentivize states to set up their own red flag laws. So these are laws that allow a court to make an order to confiscate firearms Mm, if the court deems the person to be a threat to themselves or others. And don't worry, though, the senators say that this will be consistent with constitutional due process requirements. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. As a wise man once said, I doubt it. Uh, We'll we'll believe that when we see it. But uh, as I'll get to in a moment, it's not a requirement. It's not a federal red flag law, and it's not a requirement that states set them up. So I'm not sure that really does very much. Uh, The rest of the bill is either more federal money for stuff or doubling down on existing law. As far as more federal money for stuff... There's money for mental health services, telehealth, and school security and safety. And on doubling down on existing law, I guess they're going to clarify what it means to be a gun dealer and therefore subject to federal licensing laws. Now, current federal law says if you're in the business of selling guns, you sell guns commercially, you need to have a federal license and uh, administer background checks on all sales. But that's never really been defined. Like how many guns do you need to sell to be considered in the business of Mm -hmm. gun dealing? Sounds like they're going to add some clarification to that. It uh, This bill will also, I'm not even sure what they mean because it says, well, we're going to make sure that domestic abusers can't get guns. Already under federal law, misdemeanor domestic abusers, convicted at least, can't get guns. They're considered prohibited persons. So this is just another double down on, on existing law. Uh, I, I'm not the, the story here in Breitbart says convicted domestic violence abusers and individuals subject to domestic violence restraining orders are included in NICS. That's the background check system, right? Including those who have or have have or have had a continuing relationship of a romantic or intimate nature. I, what? I'm not even sure what that means. But bottom line, if you're a domestic abuser, they're going to try to block you from getting a gun, which is already federal law. Anyway. law. So you know, I, I don't on the on the major piece here, low, uh, giving a super duper background check to 18 to 21 year olds. I don't support uh, you know, a second tier of rights for young adults. I certainly don't support red flag laws, but this is about the weakest possible gun bill they could have designed. Number one, it doesn't even prohibit those rifle purchases to people under 21. And number two, as I mentioned, if you live in a free state, the feds are not 
uh, going to just dangle dollars and, and your state is going to cave to that in all likelihood. I suppose yeah. maybe some purple states might do something like that. But at the end of the day, federal money or not, states like New York are going to have red flag laws that do nothing and they still get shootings like Buffalo, even though they mm-hmm. have red flag laws. Right. And states like Wyoming won't because I don't think Wyoming legislators are going to sign up to abandon their belief system just for a couple extra federal bucks to support a system they don't believe in anyway. So, so this is all to satisfy public need because of Uvalde, et cetera. Yeah, is that really what's going something. on here? It has no utility from they a federal, something, a federal perspective. Yeah, it's just a pointless bill. I mean, half of it is like, no, we're really serious about the law that exists. Though. <laughs> the other half is like, here's a big check. Okay. I mean, great. But, you know, you got David Hogg and all the rest. I knew this time was going to be different. It's not. I guarantee said that. What a douche. I guarantee the next shooting that happens, they're not going to act like this is sufficient. They're going to come back and demand all sorts of other things. If you're interested in the Republicans who caved, they are Cornyn, the Republican uh, senators, that is. I see Romney was on Romney's on the list. Cornyn, Tillis, Blunt, Burr, Cassidy, Collins, Graham, Portman, Romney and Toomey. Um, Biden says the bill doesn't go far enough, but he will sign it. He says each day that passes, more children are killed uh, in this uh, country. So the sooner he can sign it, the sooner it will save lives. But it's not going to save lives. This bill is not going to do a damn thing at all, uh, at least in terms of who acquires weapons. The best effect it might have is uh, security resources for schools. But as we've seen, no dollar figure is likely to fix incompetent leadership. Which brings us to what happened in Uvalde. Last week, we mentioned how it appeared that the Uvalde School District Police Chief Pete Arredondo was evading investigators and media. Well, this week, he finally did give an interview and he says, hey, don't blame me. I didn't even know that I was in charge, (laughs) which is uh, which is just a great uh, excuse, I suppose. Um, Speaking with the Texas Tribune, that wasn't his exact quote, to be fair. Uh, the reporting in the Texas Tribune says he, being Arredondo, said he never considered himself the scene's incident commander and did not give any instructions that police should not attempt to breach the building. DPS officials, that's Texas Department of Public Safety, have described Arredondo as the incident commander and said Arredondo made the call to stand down and treat the incident as a barricaded subject, which halted the attempt to enter the room and take down the shooter. I didn't issue any orders, Arredondo said. I called for assistance and asked for an extraction an extraction Ooh. tool to open the door. So somebody's lying. Texas DPS is saying there were orders. Arredondo says, I didn't even know I was in position to give orders. Someone's right. lying. And recall we heard previously that the order to stand down was because the team believed it was a barricaded shooter situation, not an active shooter. Despite, of course, 911 calls coming from children inside that supposedly were never communicated to who was believed to be the incident commander or Redondo. And we wondered why they weren't communicated. Well, number one, yeah. Arredondo says, I'm not the commander, so you wouldn't communicate them to me. And number two, he ditched his police and campus radios outside the school. To Arredondo, the story says the choice was logical. He wanted both hands free to hold his gun. He believed carrying radios would slow him down. How? Weren't they tiny? They're, they're this big. He said there was a big antenna or something. Uh, so apparently- it, every radio you push... You- I don't don't look to me to explain, but and I everybody's rightly uh, furious about the hour plus delay to get in there and take out the shooter. Apparently, he was worried about being slowed down. So this was the expedited Arredondo response. 
Besides, though, Arredondo knew from experience that sometimes radios don't work in buildings. So just go ahead and leave it behind. Dish it. No. Just in case it doesn't work, you know. Won't be needing I, this. Don't take my criticism because I don't have policing experience, of course. Am I, what am I missing? I, well, I don't know. But an, an expert, even though I'm always suspicious of the term expert, but there is a so-called policing expert quoted in this Texas Tribune story. And this um, this police officer, police tactics expert, says, I've never heard of anything like that in my life about leaving radios behind. He says officers are trained never to abandon their radios. It's their primary communication tool during during an, uh, an emergency that Arredondo did so in the moment he arrived at the scene is inexplicable, said this police tactics expert. So the mystery continues to uh, I guess I would like to say unwind. I think it gets more and more mysterious each week. Somebody's lying and there were inexplicable choices that were made. And yeah. we will uh, keep an eye on it. Um, Yikes. In a separate case of controversial policing, recall the case of Patrick Leoya in mm-hmm. Grand Rapids, Michigan in April. Yeah. Patrick Leoya was a black Congolese immigrant with uh, a criminal history of stealing cars pulled over because the plate on his car didn't match the car he was driving. And he got the taser. Yeah, yeah. Well, the police officer confronted him. Leoya refused to stay in his car as commanded. And he tried to run. And then he fought the officer. And then the officer tried to tase him. And Leoya grabbed the taser. And after several minutes of this wrestling, Leoya gained control of the taser. And the officer shot him dead. (laughs) And the whole encounter is, is viewable through body cam, dash cam, and witness cell phone footage. I made a video about it back in April. Uh, if you would like my breakdown of it, but that that officer, Christopher Schur, has now been charged with second degree murder. <laughs> Poor guy faces up to life in prison if convicted, in my opinion, a completely preposterous charge. Yeah. Um, considering a criminal wrestled a weapon away from the officer after engaging uh, in several minutes of physical aggression. So this will be another police trial to keep an eye on. I. I've spoken about this case in the past, so I don't need to rehash it, but just an update in that that I just find to be unbelievable. So perhaps we'll see more on that story in the future. Um, Not everything is bad news, though. Uh, Call me hopelessly naive, but I believe there is some electoral retribution coming in the fall. We'll see. We'll see about uh, that. Yeah. As demonstrated this week by San Francisco voters overwhelmingly voting to recall embattled district attorney Chase Boudin, famous, of course, for sitting on his hands while the the uh, the youths of San Francisco ransack every Walgreens and uh, the overdosing hobos create, um, you know, shit stained hopscotch on every sidewalk. About 60 percent of San Francisco voters voted yes to remove Boudin. He is to be removed from office in 10 days after the Board of Supervisors formally accepts the election results. He will then uh, be replaced by someone, uh, of course, more moderate and sensible. That's what the city is looking for. So, you know, someone who thinks you should be only be able to steal $500 worth of stuff from Walgreens instead of 900 bucks, and that the overdosing yeah, hobos yeah. should get taxpayer funded drug houses instead of cardboard sidewalk drug huts i don't know man do you know who is responsible for this uh democrats were largely like uh, oppositional democrats pushed it but asians i think oh as far uh, as the vote could be uh, definitely yeah yeah. and um i think that they've had enough and i think that we're gonna see a resurgence of some rooftop korean energy i 
I hope so. That I would know be that fantastic. was LA, but you know, yeah, same I, I idea. think that's what this is. Yeah. I think they're like, we're sick of these black on Asian hate crimes <laughs> and we're going to do something about it. Never forget uh, the classic San Francisco. I hate Asians. N word beats him with his own can grabber. <laughs> Not a hate I crime. So old. Not, Not a, hate, a crime. hate crime. Yeah. All right. Keep an eye on that. Um, by the way, I think there's some data to that effect. I don't have the voting data in front of me, but I think you're right that it was like the upscale white neighborhoods really? that voted for Chesa. And it was like the working class sort of Chinatown or, uh, you know, ethnically diverse neighborhoods that were more strongly in the recall camp. If I, I can was, find this, I think there were some data to that effect, but I don't have it in front of me. Uh, another reason for encouragement, Kyle Rittenhouse's defamation lawsuits are finally taking shape this week on Tucker Carlson. Kyle and his lawyer, Todd McMurdy, explained the lawsuit they are now filing against Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg uh, announced in a videotape that what Kyle was involved in was a mass murder, and that's clearly defamatory as well. Uh, that's not protected by Section 230, the Communications Decency Act. In my opinion, Section 230 allows you to take down, you know, violent things or, or you know, things that, that people don't want to hear. But telling the truth about Kyle is not something that Section 230 enabled Facebook to take down. We're going to sue, A, for the defamatory statements that uh, Kyle engaged in mass murder, and B, for violations of Section 230 by taking down posts that were told the truth about Kyle. Okay, so this is a little bit complex, but as far as I understand here, it's two pieces to this lawsuit theory. Um, number one, that, that Zuckerberg himself made a, uh, a video statement that, um, that Kyle was a murderer. So that would be defamatory as in a false statement made, I guess, with negligent disregard for the truth. I think they're going to argue that Kyle was not a public figure at the time, if I understand correctly. So it wouldn't mm -hmm. be an actual malice thing like the Amber Heard trial. So just be false statement of fact, negligent disregard for the truth. The second part of this claim is, is trickier um, and I, I don't think I fully understand it legally, but here's, here's what I understand to be the claim. They're arguing that section 230, which is uh, federal law that allows these platforms content moderation without being considered publishers as in responsible for the content. Um, section 230 does not cover, uh, the sort of editorial decision that Zuck made in this case to effectively ban any pro Rittenhouse statements on Facebook after the incident. If you wanted to go on there and defend Rittenhouse, you were deemed a defender of a mass murderer. And so they deleted all sorts of posts um, with that policy uh, in operation. And Section 230 allows these platforms to moderate and remove this sort of ill-defined, quote unquote, objectionable content. I, I guess what this lawyer is arguing is that Statements of fact that indeed are based in evidence and is now that have now been evaluated by a jury is factually true. Those are not objectionable content uh, as the law defines them. It should his view would be those are things that's stuff more like obscenity or pornography or other things. Objectionable, con objectionable content can't mean true, I suppose, is what um, like true statement of fact is, is what he's going to argue. So it's a that piece of this suit is a little more complicated than I fully understand, but I'll bet that uh, Kyle's lawyer here understands it, considering he's the same guy who represented Nick Sandman and won Nick Sandman some massive settlements. So that'll be something to keep an eye on as well. Oh, I hope he gets so rich from this. Sounds like there are more. This is the first of many. Fantastic. Um, yeah. He pro Remember, he promised Whoopi Goldberg 
And that's the one that I want to see. I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah, Last, v. so that you have to wait. Kyle V. Whoopi. Uh, <laughs> finally, before we get into um, Joe Biden's more consequential babble of the week about how the economy uh, is crashing, but don't worry because it's all Putin and Asian shipping companies fault. I have to recognize Joe Biden's least coherent moment of the week. And I suppose there were many, but just this one I found to be the craziest. He went to Jimmy Kimmel's show for a friendly place to repair his image. Of course, it didn't work. Uh, but uh, but um, but if you're feeling pessimistic about the direction of the country, don't. Joe says he personally finds optimism in all the interracial couples in TV commercials. No, I'm serious. Right, there's something to that. Yeah. No, I'm serious. You turn on the TV, look at the ads. When's the last time you saw biracial couples on TV. When's the last time you saw the way, I mean, people are selling products, they do ads to sell products, and they sell products when people, they appeal to people. This generation is gonna change everything. We just got to make sure we don't give up. There's an ability for us to do everything from increase the, the, the access to education, healthcare, look what we did in healthcare. <laughs> okay. Do you have like an old person in your family that when they're talking, you're just waiting with bated breath to see if they say something mortifying? <laughs> That's kind of how, how I feel when he's talking. Yeah. Um, I, he's saying that because there's so much interracial propaganda that we're going to change the world but that's a sign of progress i guess and when i first heard this i thought he meant when's the last time you saw an interracial couple on tv saying there aren't enough and i was thinking well clearly there are plenty the one thing you don't see is like a straight white couple a straight couple, white nuclear yeah. family you never see but what he means is that there are plenty and that is uh that's hope for the future and the reason we know that's what he meant first of all if you go back and and see what they were talking about before that they were talking about reasons for optimism but as it turns out with all these weird joe biden sayings it's actually repetition he said this last year at the 100th anniversary of the tulsa race massacre he gave a speech and said hey it's not so bad i know all those people got killed 100 years ago but look at all the interracial couples in the tv commercials so <laughs> sure if you see a commercial and you're like wow that's an advertisement for a basic product for you know a certain baseline standard of living that I used to be able to afford, but now I can't. No, I can't. At least I can look and see, you know, a, a white guy dating a black chick or an Asian guy dating a Hispanic chick using that yeah, product in yeah. a way that I no longer can afford to. That's really real. Optimism. Getting into the bottom of the barrel. The other day I saw, um, I don't remember what it was, but it was a lesbian couple where one was clearly Jewish and the other one was black. And I was like, does this couple exist anywhere? In the <laughs> I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure we can. It's just, uh, it's just really bizarre. It's yeah. like you're not trying to appeal to this tiny demographic of Jewish and black lesbians. It's like you're trying to appeal to white leftists that think that th these couples are everywhere. Yeah, and feel great about, uh, I guess, empowering it or whatever. Anyway, uh, I've delayed long enough. We should really talk about the big news of the week, which, of course, is uh, just the state of the economy. Another week of devastating news. Before we do and, that, I did look up that information on oh, yes, um, on the recall. Important. All right. Uh, so total oh, I thought it was whether Uga Booga was racist. <laughs> Uga Booga apparently is not racist. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Um, and for Asians, 67% voted for the recall. 52% mm. of Hispanics, 34% of blacks, 51% of whites. So Asians. Rooftop Koreans. Rooftop Koreans. They're coming. They're going to save... They're going to save yep. everybody. And that's all again. Asian. So it's Asian American and Pacific Islander. So, Got it. You know, I think the Chinese, maybe, maybe the Chinese well, are going to save us after all. 
you know, the reality of the world is there just aren't enough interracial couples to turn this economy around with no matter how many we find. And um, for weeks and months, the question and the speculation has been, will we hit a recession? We've already had one quarter of GDP shrinkage. Two consecutive quarters of a shrinking economy is the formal or the commonly accepted definition of recession. So we're teetering right on it. And this week we got the worst news, a guarantee 100 percent we are going to hit a recession. (laughs) How do we know? Because Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says we will not have a recession. I'm not going to answer. I don't don't think we're going to have a recession. Consumer spending is very strong. Investment spending is solid. We have a very strong economy. I know people are very upset, and rightly so, about inflation. But there's nothing to suggest that a recession's in the works. It's amazing how pessimistic they are, given that we have about the strongest labor market we've had in the entire post-war period. People can easily find jobs. But that argument's not winning the day. It's not winning the day, I agree, because what they see is, and I think today national gas prices just hit. It's a billboard. Um, five, it's a billboard at every corner. $5. It's what you see. It's that just- lying skexy. Everything she said is incorrect. Every single thing she, that she said. This this inflation's report is the not even exaggerating the worst one I've ever read in my life. Well, what, what are you complaining about? You just if you can't afford things, you just get two jobs to try to afford the things that one job used to pay for because the job market is is right, so strong. Right. And you know I know I mean? you used to be an engineer, but now you can get uh, two part time jobs in fast food. Yeah, and they've increased the number of jobs in the job market. Yeah. Oh so okay, let's get into the. Uh, I love she says there's no signs that we're going to hit a recession except, except for that we're the halfway signs. there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like according to the definition, two consecutive quarters, economic shrinkage. There's no signs at all, except for that we shrank last quarter okay, in addition so can, to everything else. But I think that the way that they're rationalizing this is they put out these really bleak expectations and then they're like, well, we only missed expectations by X amount. But the expectation was that inflation was going to increase and the labor market was going to shrink. Hmm. Well, not the labor market. They're, they're saying that's going strong, but that's that's not necessarily true. So inflation accelerated in May, prices rising 8.6% from one year ago. Yeah. Uh, fastest increase since 1981, and the 80s were not super good for our economy. Um, the consumer price in- index increased even more than the 8.3% Dow Jones estimate. And then this is excluding uh, excluding volatile food and energy prices, which is where we're getting hit the hardest. The core CPI was up six percent. So you, when you when you hear eight point three percent, you're like, well, most of that's probably fuel and stuff. No, <laughs> it's not. And that's even worse. Shelter is bad. Gas and food prices all have contributed to the increase. Um, the energy prices rose three point nine percent from one month ago, oh bringing the annual gain. Annual gain. It's only. June, 34.6%. Yeah. And within the category, fuel oil posted almost 17% monthly gain, pushing the 12-month surge to almost 107%. Right. So like right at where gas is increases, that's you know where we're sitting Double. in kind of energy overall is just, just gas yeah, uh, being yeah. the driver of that. Um, CPI is one-third weighted for, for housing costs. That rose 0.6% for the month. Um, that was the fastest one-month gain since t- uh, 2004. And then 5.5% 12-month gain. That was the worst since 1991. Uh, food prices climbed 1.2%. The year-over-year gain on food is 10%. 
And then um, workers took another pay cut <laughs> during May and real wages when accounting for inflation still fell 0.6%, even though average hourly um, earnings rose 0.3%. Yeah. And then on a 12-month basis, real average hourly earnings down 3%. This is, this is just terrible. This is the best job market we've ever seen, though. Didn't you hear? It's just incredible. And then what you said about uh, consumer spending is not true. Um, and this is this was in the jobs report. Inflation is eating away at consumers' purchasing power. Consumers' uh, spending accounts for 70% of the U.S. economy. And a real decrease in that spending would be a huge blow to G- GDP, which I think we're already experiencing. And investors also are super worried about the economic downturn. They're worried that interest rates are going to go up again, which they will. And so the Dow um, closed 888 points down for the day. Uh, I believe on Friday, that's 2.5%. S&P, 2.7%. NASDAQ, 3%. That was just Friday's drop. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, uh, Biden, after hearing of these numbers, he was at the Port of Los Angeles for an event. And uh, he took to the podium and in part of his speech reacted to the numbers with just uh, the usual, a series of preposterous excuses and scapegoats and bizarre explanations. Of course, this is a global problem. Uh, That's the New York Times headline here. Biden visits Port of Los Angeles, casting inflation as a a global problem. Uh, So, you know, what are you going to do about it? Everyone in the world is suffering. And besides, it's Putin's tax hike. We've heard that many times before. We're just going to go with that. And now apparently it's the fault of Asian shipping companies who have jacked up their prices. But of course, uh, don't worry about it. Joe is calling on Congress to crack down on, I guess, big Chinese boating. But we've never seen anything like Putin's tax on both food and gas. America should also understand our economy has unique strengths that we can build on. The job market is the strongest it's been since World War II, notwithstanding the inflation. Inflation outside of energy and food, what the economists call core inflation, moderated the last two months. Not enough, but it moderated. It's come down. There are nine nine major ocean line shipping companies that ship from Asia to the United States. These companies have raised their prices by as much as 1,000%. That's why I called on Congress to crack down on their foreign-owned, foreign-owned shipping companies that raise their prices while raking in just last year $190 billion in profit. Well, if they, if they can do this, then why wouldn't they? If the, uh, if the companies can jack up the prices? Yeah, we don't have any manufacturing here anymore. Whose fault is that? Well, yeah, no, it's, it's just hilarious. It's like you're going to you've spent your entire presidency discouraging American production. We have to lock down. We have to stay home. We have to crush the virus that puts you in a position of dependence on other producers of those materials that you need. If you want to combat that, it's not to write some law that the Chinese are going to laugh at. That does nothing unless we produce our own energy and our own food, which, by the way, we do produce and have produced in massive quantities. It's not like it's in history. It's not like this is, you know, like we've always imported everything. We used to have manufacturing. We used we used to be here. It used to all be here. And, and the thing I don't understand, I, how does Asian shipping impact uh, fuel prices? Mm-hmm. It might impact the cost of like the cheap plastic toys or whatever the hell we're getting. And I know it's more stuff than that. But as far as fuel prices, I don't Asian shipping. We don't depend on Asian shipping for our fuel uh, extraction or refining, as far as I'm aware. Um, 
And as far as the world experiencing all of this, that's not an excuse. Number one, uh, European inflation has actually lay, lagged behind the U.S. throughout the last year. But number two, uh, as though we're supposed to put our we're supposed to just look at uh, other countries in poor position and say, yeah, that's fine. We're also in poor position. We're supposed to exceed the world's standard of living. That's what makes the yeah. U.S. exceptional. We're supposed to do very well relative to the world, not compare ourselves to some sh actual shithole country and say, well, look there, the cost of fuel there is also very high yeah. or the inflation there is also very high. That shouldn't be, there's no excuse there to say the rest of the world is suffering. That doesn't mean that we have to, we should be better than that. And he also, you, you also heard him mention, um, well, core inflation has actually moderated. It's gone down. He said, let's be clear about what exactly the numbers say on that. Um, number one, even if it's true, who cares when he says core inflation, that excludes energy and food. So and that's where we're getting hit and we're, what we need the most. So who cares? Yeah, number So if you're, unless you're a person who doesn't consume energy or food, you do have to care about that. Uh, number two, it's not even true anyway. Core inflation is not down. It's still increasing just very slightly more slowly. So month over month, as in May compared to April, core inflation uh, increased. Wait, let me get this right. Oh, wait, yeah. So month over month, core inflation increased 0.6%. So this uh, May compared to April. Year over year, as in May 21 to May 2022, it was 6%. That's down from 6.2% year over year in April. So, yes, be encouraged that inflation, among less important things, is increasing 0.2% more slowly. That's, that's what we're talking about. And if you can't afford things anymore, just get two or three more jobs because so many of those are available. Things are looking great. You always love to hear this language. I've reduced the deficit, by which you mean we're still spending outside of our means. Right, outside of our a, means, yeah. At a slightly lower rate. <laughs> or uh, core inflation is down, by which you mean it's still increasing just oh, a little bit more slowly. It's like an obese person being like, well, I'm not gaining as much weight as I was. It's like, well, you're still yeah, fucking exactly. fat. So what's not, the problem here? Yeah, exactly. It's not losing weight. It's gaining weight more slowly. Yeah. And that's viewed yeah. as a success. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. What are we well, going to do? What are we going to do? This is so bad. Honestly, oh. I've read a lot of these reports and, and this one, I was just like, well, it's starting. Hang on. It's to started. I mean, hang on to hope that there is a, a necessary uh, and deserved political correction in November. And I guess and obviously, you know, as long as this guy remains president, I think it's going to be a total disaster. But at least if you have a total check on him in Congress, I think there'll be some confidence for uh, investors that at least his worst inclinations will be stopped. And maybe you'll get some confidence restored to markets and investment and all that. Maybe we can start to inch back toward um prosperity but uh, prosperity. for the next what few months there's there's no reason for optimism in the next few months and that's why you're mm -hmm. seeing everybody pull out of all sorts of investments from the stock yep. market to crypto to whatever people want to have the cash on hand because who, who the hell knows if it's going to cost a hundred dollars for a loaf of bread by next month I know. so you, you kind of got to have it so anyway um that's where we stand economically and uh, next up, we'll get to the uh, the Kavanaugh attempted assassination. But we're right about due for a break. 
Sure, so it would be great. Uh, I'm going to go put my dog in his laundry room. I don't know how he got out because okay. I don't want to hear him barking. I did hear. Hole. Yeah, I could hear him. Sorry about that, guys. I'm going to. I'm going to go take care of that. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll read some chats. Uh, okay, let's uh, start over on Tippy Stream because I have that handy. And over on D Live, Jen Colin, I think I missed your chat on the Wednesday stream. My apology for that, but thank you for supporting the show. Over on Tippy Stream. Let me find where uh, we started here. Charles Yaus says, uh, well, hold on. I was at a barbecue earlier today and my brother-in-law actually said that people were dumb to blame Biden for gas prices because it's Putin's fault. I wanted to take a shit on his face, but that seemed inappropriate for a family event. Isn't that amazing when you hear that sort of line delivered in a way that we would probably say to each other sarcastically, like, oh, man, isn't this Putin stuff a big shame to, I suppose, people of that of that perspective. It's, I mean, not even I suppose that is actually their truth, quote unquote. Um, I, it, it, another demonstration of how deep so many of the splits in this country are. What seems like sarcastic satire to us is, in fact, a an uncontroversial statement of fact. But um, but I think you're wise to. Hold your tongue at the family events in the interest of uh, in the interest of peace. So uh, credit to you if you didn't make a scene of it. Thank you, Charles. Phil says that didn't take long for someone to try to harm a Supreme Court justice. The Dems are playing for keeps riling up their base and uh, uh, riling up their base to try to assassinate officials. They are are then arresting their political rivals on trumped up charges. This can't continue. Yeah, we'll get to both of those very shortly, not just the. Um, Attempted assassination, but now the uh, claims out of the January 6th committee hearing, they've built a case for the indictment of Trump. So let's see if they actually let's try that. About that. Jacob says, uh, Matt has no hoax, hoax hate for this week, but he puts in things that actually count. Uh, Matt, ADL or CDC confirmed. If I was more likely to work for one, what would it be? Would I be ADL or CDC or some other kind of CDC for sure? CDC. Hmm. I don't think I'm CDC, but then again, you know, to your classic line, would I know if, would I even know if I was? They get you sometimes. Phil says pride in North Idaho. Seriously, these people are far too comfortable (laughs) thumbing their noses at us. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I well, it, it does seem sort of out of place, but you know that part of the country or that part of the state better than I do. Mm. Well, you know that they're not the, the whole thing is a show to let them know that they're not going to let us live our lives with all this globo homo shit. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to stay away from groomers and fags and stuff like we'll just come to you. <laughs> Long Dong John says uh, Matt and I once made love at the Idaho Pride Parade. Oh, boy. Uh, it was the most beautiful and wholesome thing to happen that day. And neither the gay, neither the feds or the gay KK could stop it. <laughs> I like that. Many of those people probably have AIDS. Phil says great videos this week by both of you. Jared Taylor is always a breath of fresh air. Matt, funny how uh, some folks always involved with Patriot Act are now involved with the disinfo board. Some... <laughs> So you can't say that he's suspicious of some of the names, uh, but yeah, the disinfo board, I mean, uh, a shock of shocks, everything they told us about the disinfo board, how it was meant to counter foreign propaganda. And it was actually going to protect our freedoms. Documentation came out showing, no, they, they wanted to monitor you. They were really worried about you, the American citizen. Thank you, Phil. Uh, moist farts. 
It says, uh, according to the uh, Webster's, Ooga Booga. <laughs> I can't say this. <laughs> Ooga Booga is Ebonics for eggplant. I don't know if that's true. Anyway, uh, if you're if you're ready to go on YouTube, go for it. I am. Let's see. <clears throat> Excuse me, man. Is this allergies or something? Both of us are like. It's Corona. Um, I can't shake it. Maybe. Hold on, Mulray. Question for Blonde. What is the federal government price on a U-Haul rental? I don't know. You know how it's fake. I bet you can't even get a U-Haul in Coeur d'Alene. You can't get those here. Yeah, really. That's The whole thing was a setup. Actually, someone sent me a photo, and I didn't show it because I can't confirm it. Could be shopped, or it could be someone's megaphone that was a joke. One of the megaphones that the group had, the Patriot Front guy, says FBI on it. But, I mean, that could be trolley a trolley sticker for all i know it doesn't necessarily i gotta believe that if they were fbi they would not brand their materials fbi right right but i don't know but maybe it's like a double cross or something (laughs) who knows robin d banks matt and i once made spaghetti he almost ruined the sauce with garlic but i was ready with basil leaves and oregano median smooth with the right thickness to saturation rate I, that's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll read that. That one's very wholesome, but I wholesome, yeah. I actually prefer garlic to the other to oregano and basil. If I had to make, if I had to pick, I'm going with garlic. <laughs> that's insane. You need all these things. Daniel Kunkel, mm. Bill Barr says Hillary Clinton could have been charged with sedition. Just now he's saying that. Uh, what of the other traitors in the FBI and Congress? A day late and a dollar short doesn't even begin. I know it's very frustrating, isn't it? I didn't hear that. Was that in reference to what the Russia stuff or something mm-hmm. else? Okay. Um, Robin D. Bangs. Blonde and I once made hate. It was on accident, though. We were tying two sticks together to cook s'mores, and it happened to be on the property of an African American family. We didn't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just a camping outing gone wrong. Mostly peaceful wood chipper. Matt and I once made love until the police found us in a U Haul and put him in handcuffs. They would have done the same to me, but I was already I was already wearing them. Wearing what? The handcuffs. Oh, oh. Okay. Thank you. I bought PN. You're the man. You never make me read anything. Yeah, queer. Thank you, I bought. Bill Biz. Wow, Blonde, you're killing it with the interviews lately. Absolutely iconic heavyweights. It's hard to imagine that once upon a time you could openly discuss contra- controversial issues in academia as well as the public square. You know, it's it's very strange talking to these people that I've idolized for so many years. And it, it truly is like talking to an A-list celebrity I was so nervous for those two interviews this week. I was just could barely sleep. This is uh, like blonde meeting Justin Bieber or something like that. Speaking of, yeah. did you see the Bieber news? Yeah, he he has facial paralysis, which is clearly Bell's palsy from taking the jab. But he's talking about how it's like hereditary or something. Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Well, yeah. yeah, he has facial paralysis and you're not. It's totally he's normal. Like, There's no questions to be asked about that at all. His tour is canceled. Yeah, he looks really bad. Um, let's circle back. Okay. Thank you, guys. Appreciate your chats, as always. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We will uh, check back toward the end of the show. For now, we'll get back into the news. And, uh, you know, what what should be the major news of the week in really any other context. But, of course, it's Brett Kavanaugh, and uh, everybody hates him, so he doesn't count. But... Um, attempted arrest and charge of attempted murder in, I guess, the uh, attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice. 
should be the news of the week. Uh, and and it, it the news cycle was like one day on this. Can you imagine brief. if this happened to Sotomayor? I'd never hear the fucking end of it. I think the New York, New York Times famously this week put it on something like page A20. So, Are you serious? Yeah, I don't think it even made headline. Uh, oh, yeah. New when York you Times. told me to look at this, I checked my Daily Mail app and it was like some stupid... Um, the headlining story was some stupid thing about some girl damaging the Spanish steps. And then Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> was like way down there. I was like, are you people serious? Well, the Daily Mail is very hit or miss. Sometimes they have very valuable information. Sometimes it's just off the wall shit, you know? So the dude, um, his name is Nicholas John Roski. He's 26. He's from Simi Valley, California. And he's been charged with attempted murder of a Supreme Court justice, obviously, um, after he called authorities and said he was having suicidal thoughts and wanted to kill a specific justice. And this is what I noticed a lot in the media reporting, that he had threatened to kill a specific justice. <laughs> OK, like like as though it's not Kavanaugh. He was a like specific, non-specific. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he was upset by the leaked draft. And I thought the, this is what the affidavit says. I thought this quote is very important. Roski stated that he began thinking about how to give his life a purpose mm. and decided that he would kill the Supreme Court justice. So he was going to kill Kavanaugh and then he was going to kill himself. But this is what we're dealing with. Insane leftists that um, have nothing to live for and they're poor and they have no families and they ha they're secular. And so they're like, well what is going to give me social credit points? My life doesn't matter. This is like Brett and Tarrant on the left. Yeah, exactly. I think it's true. Yeah. Cross ideologically. Mm -hmm. What's true with the Uvalde shooter dad yeah. who wasn't there because of coronavirus didn't even know his son. Again, the, the, I think you're exactly right that this statement, how do I give my life purpose? I think that that's something that's true almost universally in what is typically the young man who ends up in this sort of situation doesn't yeah. mean this guy's not crazy doesn't mean this guy's doing the right thing obviously but that we always we're supposed to say look the, the the common piece is the gun and he didn't have an ar in this case he had a glock it's true he had a gun but but the common piece is really the young man robbed of purpose mm -hmm. and we're just going to act like that doesn't matter and we're going to demonize men and call it toxic masculinity and Never connect the dots as these things keep yeah, repeating. Exactly, exactly. Oh, I mean, um, isn't that the real tragedy of all this? I don't know very much about his home life, but surely all these things are preventable. Having no purpose in your life. Can you imagine what a low level you'd have to be at in your personal life where you were like, well, I got to kill somebody just so that I yeah. can make a name for myself at age 26 as a man? Sure. I mean, I certainly have been in position in my life where I've questioned its purpose or felt like I haven't had its purpose properly organized. Right. But to think... Well, my purpose could be the assassination of a Supreme Court justice. I mean, yeah, how how twisted. Um, and then we within the last couple of days, we have uh, seen details and actually heard the audio from the 911 calls. So what happened is this guy flew to D.C. Um, or you know, flew to whatever airport he used close to Kavanaugh's house in uh, Maryland. And he taxis to to this spot outside of Kavanaugh's house. And if I understand correctly, there were U.S. Marshals already there because the Supreme Court homes are being watched by mm -hmm. police because of all the threats to them. They have excellent and, security. Yeah. And this guy called 911 on himself twice. The first call ended after about a minute because he couldn't give a specific address. But then he called back and he, t he spoke with a dispatcher for about 14 minutes. And the 911 calls are consistent with the facts alleged in the criminal complaint. So here is um, just a brief segment of that 911 call. I am having 
spots. I'd been having them for a long time. I'm from California. I came over here to act on them. Are you thinking of hurting anyone, including yourself? Yes. Do you have access to any weapons? Yes. I, I, I brought a firearm with me, but it's unloaded and locked in a case. Do you need medical attention? I need, I need psychiatric help. And you said you came from California. Do you know someone down here? Brett Kavanaugh. What were you uh, coming in there? Just to hurt yourself and him, or what was going to happen? Correct. And again, you're still sitting at the curve. I'm I'm standing now, but I, I can sit what, whatever. I want to be fully compliant, so whatever they want me to do, I'll do. Well, I mean, I guess good for him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it stated definitively. Did he try to make a move and he was intimidated by the police on scene? Or did he have some sudden realization before making a move on the home? I'm not exactly clear on that. But um, we do know he had a full kit and there's one lesser mentioned detail about this kit that I think is interesting. Um, You've probably heard about the gun. He had a Glock 17. Mm -hmm. He had zip ties. He had pepper spray. He had other burglary tools, as this story calls uh, them. But in this suitcase of his, he also had a pair of, quote unquote, made to be quiet boots. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but apparently they are boots with soles that are designed with padding for stealth movement. Less sound when you move around inside of a home or another quiet environment. Police captain on the case says the boots with padding really raised red flags. So I suppose this is something of a unusual item. I'm not exactly planning into this. Apparently so. And just to be extra clear about the motives here uh, and about how this happened, because we're supposed to believe that this is just a kooky person with no particular connection to anybody or anything or any of the protesting or the prop the propaganda or the rhetoric that's been circulating about Supreme court justices ever since the leak in, in early May Roski, according to investigators uh, as explained in the complaint was explicitly motivated by the leaked opinion in the Dobbs case, the case that stands to overturn Roe v. Wade any day. Now he mentioned right. that speaking with investigators specifically Roski also cited anger about the Uvalde shooting and Kavanaugh's perceived uh, position on the second amendment as motivating factors. Very ironic, of course, that you want to go shoot someone yeah. because of their perceived support for the second amendment. But that is what he said. I point this out just because this isn't speculation that, uh, oh, I think this guy might have been motivated by progressive or left wing politics as they relate to the Supreme Court recently. He's saying that explicitly. Uh, He is a violent actor with a left wing motive driven to action by anger over issues that progressives are stirring up hostility about and indeed are sharing addresses about. He's telling the feds that he got Kavanaugh's address online. I've not seen specifically where but of course uh we know and it seems reasonable to infer that uh he probably got that address from various activists who have been posting that information online for the last uh few weeks so months years (laughs) yeah uh to be clear unless you can show me that anybody personally encouraged this guy to commit this specific crime I'm not going to hold people with even heated political rhetoric as, say, criminally responsible or legally responsible for this act. But, of course, we don't live in that world anymore, as we'll see shortly with the January 6th committee. In the world that we live in now, the standards as defined by these people, any political statement uh, uh, can be incitement as long as someone else acts on behalf of it. Mm -hmm. with violence and so with that standard i think it's necessary to re-examine 
um, some of the statements of the past, because, of course, we're going to look at how you can look at Trump on January 6th and say that claims about the election being stolen are responsible for violent actors, but then say nothing about people like Chuck Schumer (laughs) and Lori Lightfoot explicitly calling for retribution exactly against supreme nothing court to justices do with this. It's totally unrelated nobody's ever going to talk about it lightfoot's case with the gay war remember she called for a, a call to arms against supreme court justices mm-hmm. a month ago yep and here to, to say that that's not incitement according to the standard that was used to to charge uh, trump in the impeachment case with incitement to insurrection or to look at what chuck schumer said on march 4th 2020 there this by that standard is absolutely incitement yeah. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. How is that on earth, not incitement to violence? Trump got in trouble for saying fight like hell. You won't know what hit you. This moment has to be a call to arms commentary from both of these officials by the way never any punishment on twitter whatsoever for Lori lightfoot advocating a call to arms against government officials because she didn't get her political way to phil's point that we just heard when you start dismantling these standards violence happens conflicts start i'm going to keep defending standards as long as i possibly can but at some point a standardless world is unsustainable and we all just have to hop in the mud and i really fear that we're Heading that direction, if not already there. Yep. You have two options here, I suppose, if you're if you're a, a person who believes in the January 6th spectacle that we're about to get to. Um, if you want to live in that world, the standard that if you make certain political statements and then later people commit crimes because they believe in those political statements. OK, if that's the standard, then you must act to remove Chuck Schumer from the Senate. You must take action against Lori Lightfoot or you must stop the January 6th clown show. My preference would be stop the January 6th clown show. We talk about how Schumer and Lightfoot were wrongheaded in these statements, but we all agree that these aren't criminally liable insofar as nobody advocated the criminals specifically to take the action. Of course, we can't agree on that. That's a dream world. Said these things yeah, are going to be weaponized. But why Why must they do these things? They don't have to. They're not facing any legal or social consequences, so they yeah. don't have to do these things. You're these right. standards, <laughs> they don't exist if they're not enforced. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we just have to accept that we're going to be held by a different legal and social standard than, than Democrats. Silly me for thinking logical consistency would be self-enforceable on these people. I take your point. They're not they're not going to do well, it. Well, not even yeah. that, but um treatment you you know, it's it's a reasonable thing to think that there should be equal treatment um uh, legally. No. <laughs> There's we don't have that. I, I, in this well in many contexts, but certainly uh in this context and of course the propaganda on this sort of thing continues um over on uh CNN. Remember uh, with Trump again, Uh, Both sides was a contemptible argument. Of course, that was uh, talking about how there were good people on both sides in Charlottesville. But now um, the same contemptible argument, I guess in reverse, is uh, is a key point over on CNN. CNN tells us that the feds remind us that the risk of violence as this abortion case is about to come out, the risk of violence really is coming from both sides. 
federal officials have made clear over and over they believe the risk truly comes from both sides of this abortion debate. Uh, so certainly this case, uh, you know, really solidifying what federal officials have been warning about. People are angry. They might seek to use the abortion ruling as a justification to cause violence. Mm. Yes, I'm sure your neighborhood church lady is going to be out burning her city down as soon as the decision drops. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, it's just so preposterous that they're making statements like this after we had to have this summer of love, you know, cities just getting burned to the ground, no consequences. And then, you know, white Christians are responsible for all of all of the future violence that happened. You sound like Jack Del Rio. You're about to coach a football team and get fined <laughs> yeah. for it. It's one of my not hoax hate stories coming up in a few minutes. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the January 6th uh, primetime special, because now we're going to flip the logic entirely. We're going to go from explicitly calling for violence against political opponents is not incitement. If you're Lori Lightfoot or Chuck Schumer, but having wrong opinions about the election, if you're Donald Trump, that is incitement. (laughs) So Thursday was one of the greatest Hail Marys of political desperation ever putting this sham congressional hearing all over the major networks uh, in prime time this on Thursday night. You can tune in. You can tune in to see the culmination of the January 6th committee's uh, year of work. This is episode one of six. It's like an HBO miniseries or something like that. And what we got was absolutely no new information outside of some video clips that haven't been seen before, but don't really show us anything new. Mm -hmm. And they just put Liz Cheney out there to speak for most of the time because she's a Republican. And that gives this legitimacy somehow Uh, to tell us the same damn stuff that we've heard for over a year. Now, Trump's tweets were very, very bad. And Trump (laughs) sat around too long and didn't do enough stuff as quickly as he should have. And most of the hearing was just ridiculous talk from committee members, not new evidence. Benny Thompson, he says he's from Mississippi. So he knows that this January 6th event and the people who justify it's just like slavery or the KKK. And Liz Cheney shamed her fellow Republicans saying that they have forever uh, dishonor on this issue. They have. I love this. They have betrayed the Constitution. Oh, like you give a shit. Team up with the Democrats on constitutional fidelity. Good call. And Trump's tweets were the motivator of the day. And then when she's reading one of Trump's tweets, she doesn't read the part that talks about going home in peace. Here are some of these clips. I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan and lynching. I'm reminded of that dark history as I hear voices today try and justify the actions of the insurrectionists on January 6th. There's a reason why people serving in our government take an oath to the Constitution. As our founding fathers recognized, democracy is fragile. I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible. There will come a day when Donald Trump is gone, but your dishonor will remain. On this point, there is no room for debate. Those who invaded our Capitol and battled law enforcement for hours were motivated by what President Trump had told them. President Trump summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. Donald Trump tweeted, but he did not condemn the attack. These are the things and events that happen, he said, when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away 
from great patriots who've been badly and unfairly treated for so long. As you will see in the hearings to come. That's not the end of the tweet. You forgot the other Go home in peace. Good God. Well, as I mentioned, I love hearing about constitutional loyalty from partisan Democrats, or at yeah. least who might <laughs> as well be a partisan Democrat in the case of uh, Liz Cheney. Benny Thompson also spoke to this, though, and it's like, wh- which part of the Constitution is your favorite specifically? I know it's not the first because you're sitting here telling me that constitutionally protected speech is evidence of criminality. Yeah. I know it's not the second since you say that like one or two guys having guns or ammo in their cars next to the Capitol is somehow evidence of criminality. And I know it can't be the Fifth Amendment because a few months ago, Benny Thompson said that th- that people not speaking with the committee, like Peter Navarro, that if you don't speak to the committee, that is evidence of guilt. So you don't have a Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. You yeah. are, in fact, presumed guilty if you don't speak. So, yes, please elaborate. What part of the Constitution do you love so much? Yeah, it's not serving to protect any of us. Well, again, it's a piece of paper. You know, we have to to, to the point that you made earlier. It's it's up to us to protect and defend it if we want it to protect and defend us. And um, yeah, that means. uh, Well, I don't know some. You know what it means in the absence of some people doing some things as Ilhan Omar. Well, that's true. But but in the absence of um, a vast majority of a population defending and and upholding constitutional values, it's uh, really not worth the paper that it's written on. It's just a beautiful document that, um, like any other piece of literature or a historical document, it just means nothing. Uh, and then th- we can see that Democrats are going to use it to uh, continue to abuse us. Well, like anything else, a perfectly articulated set of values doesn't do anything on its own. It requires human actors to realize it and to give it effect. Uh, and that's that's true whether you're talking about, say, like religious scripture or whether you're talking about the Constitution. So... You know, well, that's I mean, why people have to share values. I agree with that. And I also agree that oath breaking has to have some consequences. Uh, we, oh, you know, as we've talked I about agree. many times, you want uh, show events. Let's have uh, oath breaker justice as public entertainment on Thursday night instead of this. Then yeah. maybe we'd be back on the proper course. But um, but you watch all this. And you think, what is the purpose of this? They're not showing new evidence. Uh, Americans are clearly and rightly much more interested in more pressing political issues. What are they trying to achieve? Well, it's, number... it's the Russia thing all over again. They're just yeah, trying basically. to drive home the point that this is very upsetting. I heard Lester Holt call this an Amer- the, one of the greatest American tragedies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Um, you're right, though. It, it is. It's political desperation to try to get people to buy into the idea that uh, you have to vote for Democrats or, or crazy right-wing terrorists are going to come for you or something like that. that That's part of it. And apparently if the, um, if the New York times reporting is to be believed and some additional reporting that just came out through the AP uh, within the last couple hours, they are supposedly building or think they're building a criminal case for the prosecution of Trump. The New York Times, do you remember a few weeks ago um, on MSNBC when the Supreme Court case leaked, there was that Indian guy who said he cried when it or he wanted yes. to cry when it came yes. out? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Neil Cat Catyall. I'm sure I'm butchering that. But he's a former he was uh, briefly the solicitor general under Obama. And he's quoted in this New York Times story that says January 6th committee appears to lay out roadmap for prosecuting Trump. 
And Neil says, I think the committee, especially Liz Cheney, outlined a powerful criminal case against the former president. Crime. A crime requires two things, a bad act and criminal intent. And uh, by citing testimony by Mr. Trump's own attorney general, Bill Barr, a lawyer for his campaign and others who told him that he had lost and then documenting his failure to act once supporters stormed the Capitol, Mr. Katyal said, the panel addressed both of these requirements. So this is granted. He's a lawyer. I'm not. This strikes me as one of the most nonsensical pieces of legal analysis I've, I've ever heard. Number one, you don't need a quote unquote bad act. You need a criminal act, which you have not identified here. What law was broken? Make the citation. Bad act is not a legally definable term. Yeah, that's the problem. And then, if criminal intent is necessary, which, by the way, it isn't. That's another broken piece of this. There are all sorts of crimes that don't require criminal intent. They're negligent in nature. So a bad act plus criminal intent. No, you need a criminal act that might have a variety of intents. And you don't actually have that. Um, but how was there clearly intent if you haven't... How can you have clear criminal intent, as he says there is, without clearly defining the crime? What was the clear criminal intent to do? Not explained. Um, and, and, you know, they don't they don't I don't think they have that citation, which is why thus far the Justice Department hasn't touched it. But again, uh, reporting that just came out within the last couple hours, this headline in the AP January 6th panelists, uh, enough evidence uncovered to indict Trump. So the the members of the panel are trying to make the case that they have or they have or will over the next six <laughs> hearings made a case to the justice department to bring an indictment and charge Donald Trump. I haven't had time to read this story in detail since it just came out. I did scan it to look for what crime are they alleging? And I don't see again, a specific charge that they say that their evidence supports. And I don't even know what it would be not doing enough stuff fast enough to stop other criminals or. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unless you can show new evidence that Trump coordinated with people committing crimes or said, hey, you go commit this crime at that time, which they haven't been able to show. But it doesn't really matter because that's not what this is about. I mean, look at the entire Russia fiasco. Nothing came from that. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, but because he was tried and convicted in the media and in the general public, it didn't really matter that there was no criminal intent, that there was no criminal outcome that there was no criminality. And it's that's just, exactly what they're doing here. It's just drumming up the perception that there is, even if you can't make the even citation. Even if you can't. Yeah. So, so yeah. does it, does it even matter for anybody but us if there was criminal intent? I don't, well, to your point, these people don't care about the actual application of the law. They care about getting their enemies. And that's exactly what they're doing here. Um, and, you know, if the justice department had their case, ha had the case to make any charge against Trump, you know, they would, the crimes of the day aren't just being prosecuted. They're being aggressively over-prosecuted. We'll get to Enrique Tarrio in just a moment. The Proud Boys leader Sedition. who's newly charged. They're getting borderline gulag treatment. Mm. The, the people who have been charged and are being prosecuted for January 6th. So yes, the committee uh, can and did show plenty of video clips of crimes being committed. Violence against Capitol Police. Vandalism of Capitol property. But it's not as though those things aren't being brought to justice. They are. The worst of that day is absolutely being prosecuted. And the rest of that day is being exaggerated. I ran into this piece of footage in looking at some of the video clips. This was not part of the committee's evidence. But just some footage from that day that I think is worth watching. 
This I had never seen until this week. It's from inside the Senate chamber on January 6th. The belly of the beast, the belly of the beast as uh, the, the devil himself walks in. It's the grand entrance of QAnon shaman. And listen to the dialogue that he and others have with police in the Senate chamber. It's like a comedy sketch. Hey! Fucking hey, man. Glad to see you guys. You guys are fucking patriots. Look at this guy. He's got covered in blood. God bless you. You good, sir? Do you need medical attention? I'm good. Thank you. All right. I got shot in the face. Where are they? I got shot in the face with some kind of plastic bullet. Any chance I can get you guys to the Senate wing? We will. I've been making sure they ain't disrespecting the place. Okay. Just want to let you guys know this is like the (laughs) sacredest place. I know. I know. Just want you guys to know it's like the sacredest. So just treat it, you know, like the sacredest. Oh my God. And, and, uh, reminder, QAnon Shaman got nearly a four year prison sentence. 41 months, I think he got. It's more than most rapists. Yeah, it's unreal. Uh, and then, uh, now they're going after the Proud Boys guy, the uh, leader of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tario. He's, uh, in addition to the guy, the Oathbreakers guy that we've talked about, he's the, the next one, or I think he's only the second charged with seditious conspiracy. With such a bullshit thing. This is, I didn't know very much about it, but this is a almost never used Civil War era law. And the, the definition of this, um, it's to conspire against the authority or the legitimacy of the state. And it's kind of a lesser, a lesser treason, which we also don't do anything about anymore. Like people want to act like, uh, like Nancy Pelosi isn't treasonous, and and we're charging people for sedition. The entire yeah. thing, seditious conspiracy. Also, it's right. so preposterous. Conspiracy to riot, conspiracy to sedition. These aren't yeah. real charges. You know, there's a reason we haven't used this since the Civil War era, when the the country was entirely different, when our governmental structure was entirely different. Um. So it's Enrique Tario. They're they're calling him the the former Proud Boys chairman. Mm-hmm. Another thing the media is doing with the Proud Boys is they're making it seem like it's a much more organized group than it actually is. Like you don't have to like join the Proud Boys. They don't haze you. You don't have initiation rights. You just show up and you're like, I'm a Proud Boy, and they're like, Cool. Here's a hat. <laughs> like it's it's not that much of a thing. Like what is a Proud Boys chairman? You know? A guy who has a white claw in his uh, chest rig. That's, I know, I know. I didn't notice that, but I hope he has a tactical pouch just for the white claw. <laughs> just for the white claw. Yeah. That's a great image. Uh, the cigarette and the white claw. And the white claw, yeah. And then four other people also uh, linked to the group charged on Monday with seditious conspiracy for what federal prosecutors say was a coordinated attack on the U.S. Capitol to stop Congress from certifying Joe Biden. Um, and the indictment alleges that they conspired to forcibly that that's the key word forcibly oppose hmm. the lawful transfer of presidential power how how you, you commit a crime or you don't like how how many crimes are, are conspiracy to commit a crime you have you must have so much evidence did, did they outline i haven't looked into this story that much but what kind of when you have there, a conspiracy like, charge it's got to you've got to have some evidence of the plotting did they do you do you? They hardly well, had any evidence of the sure. plotting yeah. with these other people. You know, when they get people on a conspiracy to commit murder or attempted murder or something like that, they always have to do this thing where they put a plant in and get an audio recording saying like, I'm going to kill this person at this time. And then there yeah. has to be like an exchange of money or whatever. They're not doing any of this shit 
There's no evidence for any of these people. This is clearly bullshit. And, and the fact that we aren't requiring any of the the evidence, like he's definitely going to get convicted. He's probably, there's probably text messages of him telling the Buffalo man to walk into the <laughs> Senate chamber and say the F word. That's probably yeah. what he did. There's going to be all this, the findings are going to be all this arbitrary stuff. Like he's going to have text messages saying like, we have to stop this or something like that. That doesn't designate a time or a place. Yeah. He's still going to get convicted. He's going to spend a disproportionate amount of time in jail because they're going to throw the book at him. They're going to James Fields this guy. <sighs> well, uh, I suppose he'll do well in the white supremacist prison gangs that he is destined for now. So. What is he, Cuban or something? He's uh, Afro-Cuban, yeah. A lot of people yeah. talk about him like he's a Fed. Maybe I don't know the whole backstory. Uh, on no, this he guy. did. I think he did have some informing, or he he was uh, he was a tipster at some point, if I recall correctly. Well, that is a lesson to all of us that if yeah. you're approached by the FBI and they say they're going to get you out of trouble, they're going to make up a charge that hasn't been used since yeah. the 1860s, and then they'll throw the book at you, even though you were an informant. So fuck yeah. them. Don't do anything for any of our alphabet agencies, no matter what. <laughs> well, the ratings on the event. Um, tell you that people are generally not interested as you could probably predict, but, um, the hearing was on almost all the news networks with the exception of Fox that everybody's very mad about. And the combined numbers were below the, uh, what those news networks would normally have on their usual weeknight programming. So the New York times says a combined 19 million tuned in to watch the hearing, which may sound like a lot, but uh, comparatively it isn't ABC, NBC, and CBS combined pulled 11 million of those viewers. But on a normal Thursday night, those networks average nearly 18 million combined. So that's <laughs> minus 7 million from their normal programming. Plus, these numbers, of course, include those of us tuning in for the clown show, not because we think it's compelling. So nobody cares. And really, how could you? I mean, there, there are much more important things slapping you in the face every day, like, of course, Putin's food and gas tax and those greedy uh, Asian boat companies. You have to remember them. My favorite meme of the week. Uh, of course, we will remember January 6th. We will never forget. <laughs> but not for the reason that they want you to remember January 6th. Check out those gas prices. These are authentic. Oh, my God. Under two bucks regular on, on January 6th, days. 2021. Yeah. Remember, never forget. Okay. Well, it is a, uh, a rare show that we don't have uh, hoax hate or just something, even something I've shoehorned to be hoax hate, even if it's not quite something of similar <laughs> theme. This week, though, I just didn't have any true hate hoaxes that I thought were worthwhile. And there were plenty of stories of similar exaggerations or distortions but they're not in fact hoaxes or likely hoaxes okay, so yeah. it always breaks my heart but to maintain the integrity of the show in the intro <laughs> i will not play it oh it is not the hoax hate crime of the week let's call these stories the exaggerated or fabricated hate of the week i mentioned this earlier maybe this story is absurd enough to get you mildly interested in football because it really has nothing to do with football but early in the week, Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator of the newly renamed Washington Commanders, formerly the Redskins, now they're the Commanders, which itself is a problem because it refers to George Washington, who, of course, held slaves. So start the clock on when we have to change the name again. Well, Del Rio uh, responded on Twitter to another user about the January 6th committee hearing. And Del Rio asked, well, why aren't we talking about the summer of riots? 
the summer prior, you know, with all the looting and the burning and the destruction of personal property, that's never discussed. Why is this discussed? He asked in that reply. And then a reporter asked him Wednesday to elaborate. And on the microphone, Jack Del Rio said much the same thing. I'm just asking questions respectfully. This is America. I ought to be free to do that. I'm just expressing myself. And uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. What did I ask? A simple question. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard, and we're going to be reasonable with each other. Let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. Oh, but you you can't do that. We can't. That was talk. so innocuous. Yeah, it's completely benign, factual. But his his flaw is twofold. Number one, appealing to people's ability to have a rational, fair-minded discussion. Number two, he called January 6th a dust-up. I actually should have asked you what the offensive part of that was. And it's the is he fact just downplaying it? Is that why? Yeah, it's the fact that he called January 6th a dust-up. That is what really sent this. I don't into. even know what that means. That's what an old man would say. I think it means like uh, when I think of a dust-up, I think of like a schoolyard fight or something like that, you know? Yeah, it was There's less probably than a, that. It's probably a better technical definition, but you know, a scuffle, that kind of thing. Uh, so the, the, this, you know, the forces that be got him for that one by Wednesday afternoon, Del Rio was already apologizing. And, oh, uh, come on, man. He, he gave one of those like, uh, you know, reading off the terrorist paper type statements. He says, referencing that situation as a dust up was irresponsible and negligent. And I am oh. sorry. And of course that wasn't good enough. By Friday, head coach Ron Rivera issued a statement saying January 6th was domestic terrorism. And the statement reads in part, Del Rio uh, does have the right to voice his opinion as a citizen of the United States, and it most certainly is his constitutional right to do so. However, words have consequences, and his words hurt a lot of people in our community. So the team, Coach Rivera and the team, fined Jack Del Rio (gasps) $100,000. To be donated to the Capitol Police Memorial Fund. And Jack Del Rio has now deleted his Twitter account in response. I'm not sure if he did that voluntarily or if he was made to do that. But if if you know that you're, whatever you tweet is could cost you a hundred grand on a moment's notice, you probably decide not worth it, I guess. I'm just not going to do this. Good Lord. And um, a lot of people talk about, you know, say Colin Kaepernick or, or other events. Well, you didn't. How can you support this guy speaking when you didn't like Colin Kaepernick kneeling for Black Lives Matter or whatever? Granted, I, I would prefer that football and really all, all sports and other forms of entertainment just remain an entertainment platform that really has nothing to do with politics. I would like it to be a politically free, including politics. I agree with. But again, the. the they destroy the standards and then they're mad when other people violate those standards that they themselves destroyed. Right. So for example, here, the statement from the Washington commanders, look at the team's logo in the top, right? It's pride flag over their W mm-hmm. it's again, political propagandizing. Every football game has nonsense. Black lives matter messaging in the end zone and on the backs of the helmets. And to Del Rio's point, 
we're going to sit here and act like it's okay to promote that when it ruined businesses and government buildings and all sorts of infrastructure to the tune of a billion dollars in damage. And, and they say, well, the, he says in the statement, the Capitol riot cost lives. First of all, no, it didn't directly. The only life directly lost. You guys killed Ashley Babbitt and then five cops died of unrelated stuff. Yeah. They really uh, pad the stats with, uh, with that particular one. But the, the body count from the summer of love is 25 plus. Yeah. So if we're going to, you know, you don't have to say January 6th was uh, there was nothing that bad that happened that day at all to say, well, hold on a minute. Why are we promoting ideologies and events that were much more destructive? That's the only point that Del Rio is making. So, yeah, if we, if the if the Kaepernick promoters and the Pride Month people and the Black Lives Matter fans agree, if you guys want Del Rio to shut up, if we can all come back together and say, OK, football is football, not a political arena. And on that base, basis, we're going to discourage political grandstanding. Great. Let's agree on that. But of course, another standard they'll never agree to. It's only their politics. Anybody else's must be banned and punished. Destroy the standards and find conflict. This is yet another example in what was supposed to be a neutral entertainment environment for Americans, but of course isn't. And, you know, uh, rather than me trying to speak reason into these people, I know the correct answer is stop watching this nonsense. Stop (laughs) participating in this nonsense. Submit to Blonde's point that football is gay and move on. Finally, the NFL itself says so. I can't. And they've got the pride flag to prove it. How can I argue? Uh, you know, we're going to be left with nothing at the end of this. I know it sucks because it's like, well, what do you do? Re- do you rebuild everything? I mean, at some point you have to start fighting for the institutions or you just have none. So, yeah, I don't know. You read old books. You watch yeah. old movies. Get reacquainted with the classics. Yeah. Get a good candle and a good book and uh, live like they would in the 1800s. Exactly. There was another interesting story out of the sports world uh, this week. Um out of uh, Major League Baseball. Last Saturday night, the Tampa Bay Rays had Pride Night. Why? My voice just cracked like I'm 13 or something. Pride Night. In which players were expected to wear a special Pride flag patch on their jerseys and Pride caps. And five Rays players refused and did not wear the patch. And they wore their team's normal caps. One player, Jason Adams, spoke on behalf of the group and said it was a faith-based decision for these uh, particular players. Not anything judgmental. He said, quote, I think a lot of guys have decided it's just a lifestyle that maybe not that they look down on anybody or think differently. It's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior. Easy peasy. Yeah. What's the problem here? We just don't like it's fine if you guys want to wear the pride stuff. We just we just want to play baseball. Uh, that's all they're saying. Not good enough. These guys are bigots. Uh, an ESPN commentator, Sarah Spain, <laughs> said on Monday that religious exemption BS is used in sports and otherwise also allows for people to be denied health care, jobs, apartments, children, prescriptions, all sorts of rights. You have Come a right on. to children now. That's kind of weird. Um we have to stop tiptoeing around it because we're trying to protect people who are trying to be bigoted from asking for them to be exempt from it. When the very people that they are bigoted against are suffering the consequences, you say trying to be bigoted. That's somewhat confused language, but um, to simplify, 
if you don't actively celebrate the alphabet mafia or the gay KK or the gay Stapo, whatever your preferred term is, <laughs> you're, Stapo, vi- like that. you're violating their rights if you don't wear the pride patch. That's what she's arguing. Yeah, that's insane. It, it's it's not just bake the cake now. It's bake the cake, sit down, eat the whole cake. <laughs> We're going to choke on you. the cake. Yeah. yeah. We want to see the, the tears come out of thing. your eyes. Um, this is so absurd. It's like people can't even, and and this is another lesson, you know, that we're, we're, we've learned this lesson in basically every story we've talked about today. We're not going to be left alone. Yeah. It's no longer an option. Retreating is not an option anymore because they're becoming increasingly confrontational just when we try to resist. So fine. You want to do this? I agree. Uh, I, the, the dream and the goal is to be left alone, but it is, uh, pie in the sky fantasy to think that these people are going to do it. This is yet another perfect demonstration. Um, and that was the argument that that brought me on board with the rights that supposedly she's talking about the right to be left alone and get married if you want to, whatever. But that was the deal. All right. I, I don't you know, I don't fully understand this gay stuff, but hey, you want to live your life in a way that doesn't affect others. You want to be left alone. That's fine. I'm on board. That's how I was sold all this stuff. Now the deal is no, no, no. You, you have to come to our wedding and clap. And if you don't, you're a bigot. Well, yeah. no, that's not you get left alone. That's you compel me to do things you own me and you get to tell me what to do that's what that means i think this is a positive development in our culture though because you can just live uh forever as a conservative if you're genuinely being left alone while leftists take the culture over but Mm -hmm. if we're made to actively participate in stuff that we fundamentally disagree with i think more people are going to be like nah i hope so I, i i get uh I do get encouraged by all the uh, the best part about Pride Month is reading the comments sections because you do remember that not everybody's completely insane, at least when the comment sections are opened and uh, not to tip off the upcoming surprise cringe. But there are elements of that theme. And um, so perhaps we'll talk about that more in a moment. But the last uh, sort of exaggerated hate of the week that I wanted to discuss. I know you loved this story about oh, uh, I loved it so much. the Washington post and Dave Weigel and uh, what's her face. The Felicia Sunmez, whatever he, he made a sexist retweet. He got suspended and she went so crazy that she's fired now. Pretty much. Although this was, she was doing this for a long time. So um, what is her name? It's, it sounds Mexican, but she looks white. It's Felicia Sunmez. Felicia Sunmez. Yeah. Um, she had been obsessively tweeting about like uh, gender issues at the company and, and you know, wage gap. It was like every leftist trope, just every single thing she had covered. And she was just constantly complaining about the work environment and sexism and everything like that. And then David Weigel retweeted uh, <laughs> this joke. Every girl is bi. You just have to figure out if it's polar or sexual, which I think is kind of funny. And um, the thing about this is like, did he not foresee that this was going to get him in major trouble? I, well, it's hard for me to say. Like, to me, obvi- to me, that joke is like, not even that great. Like, it's kind of, it's, it's a moment's chuckle. But to put right. yourself but in the him, mind of a, of a true believer, a true progressive, I could see, I could absolutely see why they're so upset about this. Yeah, that's how yeah. I felt too. And then also, um, I'm sure this Weagle character has contributed to this culture uh at wapo uh of canceling other people and everything like that and i bet he's some irresponsible shit lib who has indefensible opinions um (laughs) so do i care that this has happened to him 
No, he got suspended for a month for this because she, Sanmez, tweeted about it and she's like, look at what is happening at our company and gender blah, blah, and my vagina and my autoimmune disease and blah, 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 yeah. blah, fibromyalgia. Um, and Did she actually reference fibromyalgia? No, but I'm sure she oh. has it. Don't <laughs> okay. you think? She I has, I guarantee this woman has a cat and yeah. fibromyalgia. Fair, fair speculation. Um, but what happened was people turned on her because the company is filled with woke leftists and they were just mad about being put on blast for the company being dysfunctional on the eyes of the left. So they turned on her oh, and everybody, everybody got her fired. So she got fired. He got suspended for a month. So I knew she ended up getting fired, but I didn't know it was because of internal mutiny against her. Washington Post staffers had yeah. the chaos sparked by Twitter battles between Felicia Sanmez and other reporters over the suspension of Dave Weigel was yeah. a clusterfuck that had been made worse by her pouring gasoline on the fire and inviting other people to watch. Interesting. Okay. So this is so funny. I mean, oh, and the other thing she was talking about, um, she said she was getting PTSD for having to read stories written by other WAPO, WAPO staffers. Okay. And so um, one time... She like read some story that she found disturbing that was being published. And she's like, I need to take a, a walk around the block to think about this. And her editor was like, bitch, no, you have to work. And then she <laughs> tweeted about how it was gender discrimination in the workplace. So everybody was yeah. really sick of this. Well, and it seems like she was almost trying to troll her way into a lawsuit. And I didn't know this until earlier today, but she had a, a prior lawsuit. Yeah. So it's almost like she's trying to bait the so-called discrimination in uh yeah and the lawsuit was dismissed and she's trying to appeal it oh is she trying to appeal i didn't see that yeah. but the, she did uh, she she had a the lawsuit was dismissed in march of this year and it was against the washington post and its editors alleging gender discrimination after she went public with an accusation of being a sexual assault victim i'm not sure what the accusation was if she was accusing the washington post or its staff or somebody else but the judge said she had not demonstrated discriminatory motive when the editors chose to temporarily take her off stories related to sexual harassment or misconduct. So she made a public sexual assault claim. The editors at the Washington Post said, OK, maybe it's not wise to have you write about sexual assault in general, considering you are <laughs> effectively a an advocate and you claim to be a victim on this. So we'll just remove right. you from that topic. That's the post says that's why they did that concerns that an advocate was covering an issue she experienced. She says that's gender discrimination that got dismissed. But this is just hilarious because, you know, whatever the post does, she's going to find a way to twist it. If they put her on sexual assault stories, she would say it's forced trauma. Right. right? Exactly. And yeah. if, if they take her off, well, then it's gender discrimination. You're yeah. not you're not letting me do my job. You know that she's trolling and fishing for a lawsuit and this stuff that happened with Dave Weigel and the rest. It seems like she was trying to bait a firing so she can again claim gender discrimination, especially if she has an appeal. I didn't know that mm -hmm. if she has an appeal, perhaps that can be. I don't know if that if you can do that with a lawsuit, a, a lawyer could clarify. Can you add an amendment to the lawsuit or <laughs> another exhibit? No, I think it becomes a different lawsuit, doesn't it? Okay. Does, is that how it works? You can't like add in another thing on appeal? I don't know. But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she files a totally new lawsuit in response to this because yeah. it seems like she's trying to uh, trying to find a way to cash out of the uh, the Washington Post, but the joke's on uh, her because they gave all their money to Nick Sandman, so they don't have any more to give out <laughs> in lawsuits. Okay, are you ready for 
an no. absolute face melter of surprise cringe. This one okay, is legendary. And of course, it's June. You know, June is Pride Month. You can guess the theme right away. What are you eating this pride? Well, if you're a top, it seems like you can eat whatever you want. But if you're a bottom, you're expected to starve? Not this pride. Introducing the bottom-friendly menu from Postmates. We teamed up with Dr. Evan Goldstein from Bespoke Surgical to bring you a menu of bottom-friendly foods backed by science. Insoluble fiber won't help you feel cute. So avoid things like whole grains, wheat bran, cauliflower, potatoes, legumes. The problem with these foods is they don't dissolve in water, which could cause a traffic jam in your digestive system, making a mess of your evening. Speaking of messy, it's a good idea to avoid dairy. Soluble fibers and protein are the key to having some good, clean fun. These all digest easily and slowly while feeding your good gut bacteria, which makes sushi a great bottom-friendly option. There's no right or wrong way to bottom, but if you're planning on getting peachy this pride, the bottom-friendly menu on Postmates has the kinds of foods that can keep you feeling good. Uh, if you're listening on audio, you really need to tune into the video because Blonde's uh, facial reaction just really oh says it all. Gosh, I joked. I didn't see that. Nobody can use Postmates anymore. Typically, <laughs> so I, don't, I don't support boycotts, but like, no, this has to be stopped. I, I, I didn't even know what Postmates was until this. I've never used it. That is so um, disgusting. So I joked, of course, last week with terrible delivery that Pride Month is a national celebration of anal. And I thought that was... Kind oh, yeah. of an and I made fun of you for saying anal like 70 times. And here it's we are. Not an exaggeration. Here we are. Postmates, if you are unfamiliar like I was, is a food delivery service like Grubhub or DoorDash. On Tuesday, uh, across or no, this what day was this posted? I don't think it was Tuesday. It looks like Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Um, across their company social media, Postmates posted this video titled, quote, Eat with Pride, introducing the bottom friendly menu. And um, apparently the program allows you to order food that is, yes, but fuck friendly. They have um, partnered with specific restaurants in New York and L.A. who will make this food. Here's another interesting uh, tidbit. But why wouldn't they want to eat more fiber? Well, they asked a doctor and he, he they've asked a scientist and he said that this is the diet that you want to eat. Note the credits at the end of the um, I, I don't have it in the. I don't have the image in the notes here, but I'll put it up on screen. There's credits for who made this ad at the end. The the you notice it was an animation production. The animation company is called Psyop. Okay. Are you literally sorry? called Psyop? They're mocking us. And <laughs> note the disclaimer on the bottom. Not intended as a substitute for medical advice. Even though you said you talked to a doctor and presented this as come on, let's be honest, medical advice. There was oh, a, a follow-up exchange with the company on Twitter. And this is so hilarious. I'm not even sure that it's... I'm not sure if this is serious or satire or if people are joking or if they aren't. A Twitter user replied, Honestly, this is the level of pride other corporations should strive for. If you're not literally helping us have sex, can you really call yourself an ally? And Postmates responded, quote, Exactly. We're tired of heterosexual sex being the main focus of sex education homosexual sex specifically bottoming is all too often omitted and stigmatized not this year happy pride so tops now oppress bottoms the snake continues eating its own tail oh my god what do you even want me to say we're degenerate culture we deserve to be smited i hope aids is real (laughs) 
<laughs> Dr. Fauci whipped up a good, whipped up the, the solution for this. There's well, lots of great on, replies. Like- My favorite one was just a picture of Jesus that said soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's rapture time, dude. It's uh, it's past time. Actually, the YouTube comment, they didn't turn the YouTube comments off. What? Oh, it's great. Um, just a couple things. Just a couple I wanted to highlight. One guy said uh, this is um, this is uh, or it's great to know for when we are getting butt fucked by gas prices and food shortages later this year. It's it's good. Uh, it's good. <laughs> good advice for all of us. And um, a lot of the comments are coming from gay people describing the embarrassment of association with these people in this stuff. One says as a gay man. It's weird to feel so alienated from most of today's LGBT people. I'm embarrassed to admit that I'm gay today. And this is a perfect example of why. So it's no longer uh, rejection from society that makes this guy embarrassed. It's association with this with level other of gays. Yeah. yeah. That is just painful. That, you know, that that's that saddens me. I mean, these people have to be stopped. <laughs> well, uh Maybe they'll stop themselves. I don't know. But, how? Uh, Have you seen how many AIDS <laughs> drugs are on the market to suppress the, the viral transmission? I mean, nature's clearly not going to take care of business here. Did you know that uh, one of the stripes in the pride flag with the, the new one with all the other colors? Is that, it a brown stripe that's just a shit smear? There's Well, I, there's that. But one of them is specifically for AIDS. One of them represents AIDS. There really is a shit stripe in it? There's a brown one. I think it's to represent like... The community of color, though. I don't think it's to represent. Uh, it's to represent your loose bowels because you didn't eat enough fish and sushi before you had your partner fuck you in the ass. It's clearly to represent the poopy dick. You're right. And uh, on that point, I got it. Best tweet Ooh. I saw. I got to hand it to Tim Pool. <laughs> Tim Pool's tweet on this. Never thought I'd see the day. Or never thought I'd see, quote, how to avoid shitting on a dick while getting fucked in the ass as a marketing campaign for food delivery. <laughs> Maybe I've underestimated him. Uh, yeah, well, he's uh, right on point. It's hard to argue the point. So, well, uh, do you have anything else to say about uh, Postmates? Have you used them before and are you done? I haven't. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, now, I guess we can talk about a movie that I hated. Let's do that. Uh, it is time for a movie that you hated. I'm surprised. Well, uh, let's get into it. It's time for the movie review. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. This week's movie is the 1992 courtroom drama A Few Good Men in which two Marines are court-martialed on murder charges after a code red gone wrong and Navy lawyers navigate principle and practicality to defend them. From movie picker Kyle, a play translated to the screen, it's a solid courtroom drama set in the military. Great performances from fantastic actors. It also raises questions about duty and following orders. What priorities matter? Uh matter to you when you're in uniform and what it means to trust in those who give orders. Plus Jack Nicholson gives an all timer performance as always your review and your rating. Oh God. All right. Okay. Um, I, why does everyone like this movie so much? Um, I get some aspects of it. This 
hierarchy of moral moral duty, the perils of following orders rather than using your own moral compass. Like, yeah, I get it. Um, but this movie has the maybe the worst plot hole I have ever seen in a film, and I just could not get over it. Hmm. Um, so if a colonel had lied about issuing a code red that resulted in death, and then he continues to lie during the entire investigation, uh, each step at the chain of command, he's involved in this massive cover-up, um, and the beginning of the trial, he would just continue to lie while he's under oath. And then Tom Cruise comes out and he's like, oh, well, you know, he, he's an egomaniac. So he would tell me he has this revelatory moment. I think yeah. when he's drunk. And he's like, he totally would, would just, would just say the truth in the courtroom. And I was thinking like, why, why there's just, it, it just felt like a paltry explanation for that. And then, um, yeah, and then and then you see it um, unfold in the in the courtroom, and I'm like, there, there's just there's no fucking way this would happen. There's no way it would happen. I gave it a two out of five, and the other reason, wow. outside of that, you know, I I hated Demi Moore as the strong, competent whammon. The the best thing about this whole movie was her getting a dressing down by Jack Nicholson, <laughs> um, and then Tom Cruise with his like practically caricature Jim Carrey level overacting mm. just incredible overacting I was like am I watching the mask like that drunken scene it was it wasn't like he was drunk it was like he was doing a high school play where he was playing somebody that was pretending to be drunk it was terrible overacting <laughs> and I was just even Jack Nicholson got into some overacting on this I just hated it I just is this hated the first this. time you saw it or had you seen it previously? yeah I had never mm. seen it before um I hated it. I bet you liked it. Um, I did like it. Not, uh, you know, it's not a five wiki, but I did like it. And I suppose that that point is fair. If you committed a whole series of uh, pieces of criminality and or dishonesty, what's one more? And why would your ego be enough to break your commitment to the lie? That is what he said, right? To your your point on how that doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, his his. Shock that he is then arrested when he has just admitted to a whole Wouldn't series of crimes. Wouldn't he know that he was immediately going to be that he was going to be court-martialed and all this stuff? Yeah, I suppose that uh, that I didn't write about that in my review, but I can see where you're coming from. But overall, I appreciated this movie. Um, number one, uh, it goes without saying. I think I think overall Nicholson's performance was excellent, and I think uh, particularly for this role, you know, if, if you have a role of a um, a military leader who is supposed to be commanding and who people would follow even questionable orders of i think he played that role so excellently and i love i love the scenes you talked about talking when he talks about the services of a commanding female officer and he talks about the uh, quote faggoty white uniform of tom cruise and of course uh you know whether you uh, accept the premises or not i think the courtroom performance itself was quite good Perhaps it got a little overacty, and I share your point on Tom Cruise, which I'll get to in a minute. But overall, I thought Nicholson's performance was quite excellent. I can't, in the interest of time, I can't get through everything I had to say on this central conflict of conscience versus following orders. But there, which is kind of the central moral dilemma in this movie. Originally, I was very frustrated by the ending because you expect, or at least I did, that it's going to be this lesson that fighting for the truth and standing up to power is always worthwhile. And the, and it, the, the, uh, the jury's going to come back 
and um, and they're going to acquit these Marines and it's going to be a lesson in, in all of that. And of course, they come back with a split decision. They're acquitted on the murder charges, but then they're convicted. Dishonorably discharged. Yeah, they're convicted on conduct unbecoming of a Marine and dishonorably discharged anyway. And that split decision, I'm sure you can make an argument for it technically, but it's kind of unsatisfying even from a logical perspective because you're saying, well, they're not liable for murder, presumably on because of the order, the demonstrated order component to this, but, but because they committed conduct unbecoming of Marines, they should have demonstrated conscience. Otherwise, it's sort of a morally unsatisfying ending plus a logically unsatisfying ending. And the more I thought about it, I thought, well, maybe the movie is trying to illustrate that these things are inherently messy. Maybe the message is that there kind of is no message, I suppose, which is kind of deep. And uh, I, I suppose, maybe artificially deep and fart sniffy, but is interesting to think about. You know what I mean? Like, it is a little fart sniffy, isn't it? It got me to think about, uh, there's no greater, uh, these moral questions are the greatest human puzzle. And it got me thinking a lot about what my own lines of distinction are and should be on this. So I, again, I, I, uh, well, what did you conclude? Well, uh, I don't know that I actually, f- um, reached a solid conclusion on when how and when to draw the line of refusing orders in this context. I didn't necessarily get to that point, but I've thought a lot about it and I'll continue to think about it. And I award, you know, good scores to movies based on how much they kind of get me to think about them later. So I'm not even satisfied with my own writing on this topic necessarily, but clearly I am thinking a lot about it. So I give credit for that. Other point, other, other thing I liked, uh, it demonstrated that even losing fights are worthwhile. And there were a lot of things that were gained in a fight that on paper maybe shouldn't have been um, picked or pursued. Yeah, okay. uh, the truth is exposed. Number one, that's always worthwhile getting to the, to the truth. Caffey learns his true uh, potential as a lawyer. Dawson maintains his integrity, uh, Marine uniform or not. And there's a lot of value in a, in a suit or in a, in a legal defense rather that technically isn't one but still has a lot of points of positivity. And I just thought it was a demonstration. It's even if you lose, it's always better to, um, to, uh, to lose on your feet than to surrender on your knees. And there was a lot gained in this movie, uh, according to that philosophy. I have a lot to say too about is Jessup actually right about code reds because he gives that speech to Mark. We're supposed to view Jessup as kind of a morally bankrupt villain (laughs) and a guy who, prides himself on advancement over others and a guy who responds to weakness with abuse. But his whole point when he's talking to Markinson is, listen, it was you, don't, salient. Yeah, you don't fix anything by sending unprepared or weak Marines into another unit where they're not your problem anymore. That gets people killed. The only answer is to bring that Marine up to standard. And the best way to do that is to make that Marine accountable to his peer Marines. Yeah. And that might've gone wrong in this case. Um, but with the, the way we're experimenting, even if that is a little morally bent, the way we're experimenting with the moral bend in the other direction with our military currently, as in catering to weakness, man, I, if I have to pick a a side to be flawed on, I'm going to go with Jessup rather than go with our current status quo. So I think there's a lot of interesting moral considerations there too. I loved the intro rifle routine, the discipline, the satisfying discipline of watch. Oh my God. It was really satisfying. It's amazing. Okay. The things I didn't like, um, I don't necessarily fault this movie because there's no other way to do a courtroom drama, but you have to be ready for a whole lot of talking faces, man. It's just talking faces the whole damn time. That didn't bother me. There are some excellent 
excellently talked faces nicholson primarily so it's it's but you just kind of have to be ready for that sort of presentation um did you have a problem with this rom- this romance yes that's the next point i'll get to first though drunk driving tom cruise i share all your points that the perform i actually referenced jim carrey in the review it was a no very way. jim carrey so. style type thing um no and way what was weird about it too is he comes in i'm wasted but then he has this wasted revelation about the case he gets right in his car and drives and down. just drives so, and nobody has a problem so he's yeah. i get it like people drive drunk or whatever it's not inconceivable but i guess my problem with it is he just gave this whole rant about how confronting jessup will potentially mean the sacrifice of his entire career he then gets in a car <laughs> wasted as though that is not a similar sacrifice of his yeah. entire career for no reason yeah, yeah, yeah. for no reason that was yeah. kind of uh, just, he had two people there that could have driven him where he needed just, to go. Well, he was going to get Galloway to say, I'm going to do it because she oh, had left. Yeah. But but he did had have she? his friend. Yeah, she bailed. Oh, yeah, because it was in the rain scene. She called him a chicken shit and she left. That's what yeah. happened. Um, and this the romance, you're, there's this implied romance between them. They have this brief date at her request. It never really goes anywhere. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's irrelevant because her belief in him is clearly motivational in, uh, in Caffey's rise as a lawyer but it's not tied up in the end either they just they leave there's no romance uh conclusion or resolution well they also have no chemistry yeah it's yeah they don't really have like any kind of believable romantic connection it just seems obligatory and it doesn't really matter to the substance of the movie asexual people (laughs) and i couldn't stop thinking about her 70s bush this whole time (laughs) i don't know well, who knows? There's are there military regula I thought her hairstyle was probably a military regulation because I thought, God damn it, after Robocop, that's two weeks of this frumpy grandma bullshit. What is this? You think she's frumpy too? Because men think yeah. that she's this crazy sex symbol, but like you've seen that Playboy ever bush, right? No, I have not. I didn't know it existed. What? No. Oh my gosh. All right. Let me find the search term that's <laughs> okay. gonna get you this effect. You have to see this. Anyway, I on this movie, you know, some excellence, some cringe. I did think about it a lot later, so it does earn a four wiki from me. What? Yeah. Wiki, 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 wiki. Mm, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Okay. Type in Demi Moore 1981 Playboy. Oh, God. <sighs> what am I about to see? Ugh. I know. Ugh. Yeah. What? What? No. That is real. What? It's real. Dude, it's like her crotch is censored by the bush. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You literally can't see anything because there's so much bush. I know. Holy I know. shit. What the? Now, we have had this discussion many times on this show. I am an advocate of a, you know, women, women should have some pubic hair. But that is hair all the way down her ass crack. And it's like full bush. Dude, it's, it is all border, the way it's down gotta her It's got to be covering crack. her butthole. The bush. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just uh, couldn't stop thinking about it during this movie. I, I, I thought you would just imagine something. I didn't know there was a real reference. Do you think that that was Holy some random God. thing that I... Weren't you... The fact that you weren't phased at all by just no, thinking... Th- I thought that it was just because she had like a grandma hairstyle. You assumed that she had Bush. I didn't know there was. No, no. She legit has. But there's something about Demi Moore. I know that she's the sex symbol, but I've always found her remarkably unsexy. And then I have the same feeling about Tom Cruise. Hmm. 
I'm like, these are just two people that like, I don't want to see bang. So I don't care about their love interests. <laughs> well, I guess the movie at least uh, did not subject you to that. The early vote on uh, audience opinion on it, right in line with me, actually um, majority for wiki and uh, actually a good 20% for five. Very few people giving twos or ones. So not as hated as, uh, as it is for you. Uh, the jerk we're watching the jerk next week i know nothing about it other than it's uh steve martin's breakout or debut uh we'll, we'll watch that 1979 movie mm. after that remaining nominees for the month from listener kyle are psycho boogie nights eight millimeter frailty and any given sunday or of course you can reject the list and vote for a randomly selected top rated movie instead this is the last week to vote on this particular list from kyle the list will refresh for july as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is over in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is MattChristensenMedia.com. And that'll do it. Let's get uh, holy shit. Let's that get to the chat. Surprise, cringe. That was the that was the worst one. It was the worst <laughs> one I've ever seen. I thought you I thought for sure you would have seen it this week, so I'm glad you didn't. Um, let me reload this. That was just Tim Pool is right. <laughs> you know, when you just say, you know, in in very explicit terminology exactly what they're dancing around, it really sheds some yeah. light on the whole thing. That's why I appreciated that tweet so much. Um, who was the last one? Sorry. I can pick up on Tippy Stream if you need. And thank you guys over on D Live as well. Um, over on Tippy Stream. I can't pronounce this name. What the hell is it? Optim. Oh, it's Optimus Prime just spelled weird with Y's and stuff. There we go. I had to weigh. I have to weigh in on this debate. Gay KK is good. Gay Stoppo is good. <laughs> but Fagshists is the best. Get on board. I mean, eh. I, I like the spirit, but that's very difficult to say. It's hard Fagshists. To say. Okay. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck says, wear the flag, bigot. And uh, yeah, that we're at that point. Um, <laughs> you're right. And uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck, two of those went through. So if you didn't mean to send two, one was for a, um, one was for a small amount. The other was for a large amount. <laughs> so if you didn't mean to send two, get in touch with me. I can uh, take care of that for you. And thank you, Mr. Hunky Buck. Canadian Egg says, Blonde, don't you know that the Proud Boys do have hazing? If you want to join, they kick the shit out of you until you can... Uh, Name five breakfast cereals. Do they really do that? Oh, right? that's true. That's Is right. That, yeah. I suppose. I, I'm good. Not, I wouldn't. I'm not a member. I don't know their hazing routines. Are you good over there? Yeah. We're I finally just now found my place. Chris Guard Morbikai. Sup, guys? I don't know if it's your thing, but I've been doing a series of folk music videos and sea shanties mm. on my channel recently. I'm told my beard is blonde approved. Blonde. Can you please confirm? Love you. I just went to your channel and I don't see a beard. Uh, I, the times I've seen Chris, cause of course he's the Susan wiki wiki song guy, Susan, but he doesn't have a beard in that particular and just in music that picture. Video, so I don't know. Oh my God. Guess what? Speaking of this is unrelated to Chris and I don't mean to divert from his folk. Oh, he does music. have a good beard. Um, if you want to check out Chris's music, including the Susan wiki wiki song, I have it linked on the community page on my website and it might be linked in the description as well. Um, they, t again, Susan took down. The best sounder from Idiocracy. You talk like a fag and your shit's all retarded. Oh, we need that. They, the movie's on YouTube, Susan. How oh, can you be mad at me for taking a clip from a movie 
Jesus, man. Mm. Um, you do have a good beard, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, and I do like folk music, so... That's Chris Morbakai. Again, if you want to look for his music, community page on my website, the Susan Wiki Wiki song is there, and you can find the rest of his channel from there. Slosher, do you guys think they are incompetent and or malicious? We're about to face a summer of blackouts, followed by a fall of food for- shortages. Uh, either way, I'm sure the solution will be less freedom for us. I think it's a combination of malice and stupidity. Uh, the malicious lead the way, the stupid follow in general. Hmm. Sounds plausible. Barris, thank you. You two great interviews recently with Blonde, and thanks, Matt, for the show every week. We appreciate it. We appreciate you, Barris. Thank you kindly. Unless you don't have a beard, then um, we hate you. (laughs) Def Vent said, hey, Matt and Blonde, just wanted to give a little show appreciation to my favorite dynamic duo on the internet. We love you. Well, thank you kindly. Very much appreciate it. Robin D. Banks. Okay, Dems, imagine someone uses the combined reach of mainstream media, social media to hide information and steal an election and all inquiries denied. Then one day, for no reason at all, solve January 6th for you. Why aren't people more skeptical? Wait, I'm not sure I follow exactly. One more time. Um, They stole the election, basically. There's yeah. no inquiries on it. And then they just decided to solve the January 6th thing for us. Oh, yeah. Okay. Out of the goodness of their heart. No uh, motivation there. Yeah, yeah. very kind. Uh, appreciate it. Say <laughs> D-N-word. Nothing gets by Clever. me. Clever. Yeah. Hey, Blonde, my name is Microsoft. Can I crash at your place tonight? What? I don't get that. Like computer crash? Oh, uh, no, I'm a Mac gal anyway. And my Mac crashes sometimes. Tim Wilson. No, no. Thank you, sir. Eric. Eric home home. Um, I haven't donated in a while. So I'm paying back dues. Took my younger brother out to buy his first AR last week and he mm. got a sweet deal. Whatever happened to fountain pens? <laughs> pilot pens are better. I miss Kevin Flanagan. Whatever yeah. happened to fountain pens? Nothing happened to them. Oh, wait, that's a pilot. I thought I had a fountain pen somewhere in this drawer. But I do People have realize they were lame and they stopped talking about them. Well, they do write quite well. Don't get me wrong. Someone once sent me a package of fountain pens and I've, you know, written some thank you notes and some mail and I've written some checks and I've I've had enough experience with a fountain pen to oh, tell you they are experience with a fountain pen. <laughs> they are a fantastic writing experience. But, you know, just give me the old fashioned pilot G2 and I'm plenty satisfied. I'm a, I'm a man of simple writing pleasures. I don't need extravagance. All I heard was pleasures and old fashioned. This is to me more Bush conversation has really set me on a bad trajectory. <laughs> this is a dietary strategy for bottoms conversation. Oh, how have you not seen that though? It's infamous. I, I just didn't know. Yeah, I've I've never heard of this. Demi Moore's hairy ass. It's been <laughs> talked about. I've seen it now. I would have written an entire section in the review about this had I known. Yeah, really. You he would make a video for it this week on Tuesday and Thursday. Um <laughs> Boogeyman nine one seven. Cheers to my favorite podcast duo. Cheers to you, Joe Thank Shmo. You. Listen to you guys religiously for years. Can't imagine my life without my Sandy safe space. Oh, gay. Hmm. Conservatives are out uh, birthing libs. One day we will take back the culture. I have four. Step up your game, Matt and Blonde. We're working on it. Trying, man. I, I think about because uh, well, Calvin's nine months old now. You know, and, and we were going to try to aim for like the probably the the two year space. So it's like. Jesus, Wait, are dude. you guys about to start trying again? Not quite. Well, not quite yet. Um, but like toward the end of the year, probably. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
because I'm just getting back in the saddle now. <laughs> my daughter just turned two, yeah. so I don't know. It's gonna be a while, dude. It's, um, it's crazy to think like, yeah. I mean, you just get you get comfortable with one, and then it's time to think about the next. You know, I'm just not ready to do this again. Yeah, it's it's an undertaking, but uh, it's, you know, uh, got to do it. Yeah, Can't wait. Uh, Brahm, didn't the founder of that group openly boasting high school that he was going to work for the feds? At least that's what I've heard. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Tario? I don't know. It could be. Like I said, I know he had, uh, some participation earlier, but I'm not aware of the full extent. I don't know exactly what he did. Um, <laughs> Nagalanki Buck. Blonde is trying to convince that those guys aren't feds. Blonde has been compromised. I just feel like, like we're constantly calling people feds. And some ele- elements of this were really fetty, but other elements were just yeah. not were just not that fetty. It would have been such a good opportunity to get them caught with more. Well, I did get a few emails too that said blonde is a Fed confirmed, and this proves it. And then um, I got to admit, I was a little bit nervous because I saw the news breaking last night. I meant to mention this during the the segment on the story, but I forgot. Um, and I texted you like, "Hey, were you at this?" pride thing in Coeur d'Alene I didn't hear back for like two hours which you know is not a long <laughs> period of time I'm not saying that's bad but I did think briefly like holy shit did she actually get in trouble I don't know is she actually no, in I, the FBI van right now I was just wifing really hard yesterday <laughs> yeah. I've been so busy lately um I just I just fed, can't fed, do this fed, in person fed, stuff fed, anymore because for a brief moment I was like well there's gonna be a prayer group so like I can just take my baby right and just strap her to my back and it's yeah. fine and then I was like I'm too old for this shit. Like I'm not, I'm not my twenties anymore. I'm not single. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Um, I was just hoping for a video clip of your reunion with Daryl, but maybe someday. I was really hoping to do that as well. Also, it was just raining buckets. Oh yeah. That would have sucked. I was like, ugh, I don't want to do any of this. Joshmo, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how Uvalde's Mexican Michael Jackson could afford all those guns and ammo and cash. I didn't have more than 5k in my bank account until I was 28. Something's fishy. I don't know. Feds maybe. <laughs> didn't you hear debit card he worked yeah many many part-time days at wendy's no more yeah, questions yeah. to ask here didn't yeah. somebody say was it last week when somebody because i had estimated his loadout at worth like four grand or five grand someone said seven seven i've heard nine yeah it could, i don't it could, really know anything about guns it so. could be that high he might have had stuff i didn't even realize he had Robin D. Banks. No, nah, this ain't Robin. It's Hunter. Ask dad to have the NSA hacker phone. Got a quick question. Kind of desperate. Have any of you guys here seen my laptop? Totally doesn't have any bad stuff on it. <laughs> yeah. Hillbilly Deluxe. Black gun owners, huh? First one that comes to mind is Colian Noir. That's right. Love Colian Noir. Yeah, great content. And uh, there's much to it. Um, maybe you would talk to us. Yeah, there's... Uh... The Black Guns Matter guy, Maj Touré, is very active in the 2A community, too. Um, Das Pooch. Only thing more embarrassing than failing at a podcast and returning to the wage cage is to do so only because you're so stupidly humble that you can't tell people how to support you. <laughs> Cut it out, Matt. I know. It's No, I mean, this is just... I listen to a lot of podcasts, and whenever I hear they have so many ads and things like that, I'm yeah. always like, come on (laughs) like come on it does it does detract from the listening experience yeah um and i don't want you guys to think that like we're owed anything by you right that's what i meant by like i hope the show speaks for itself what i ideally of course what i like is to produce a product that people want to listen to and say hey i i like this i'm going to support this this." but to the point that you guys are making and it's correct unless i or we tell you that 
that you don't necessarily just automatically make that connection. And so that's true. Um, point taken. And of course, as I said at the start of the show, man, I'm I and we are, are just really humbled really by keeping yeah. the show in, in position to do some great things. And I, I expect that we might be able to do some of that stuff as in, you know, just uh, not only have the show and ourselves taken care of, but potentially get some help to do some things and you know, just expand what we're able to do a little bit, which would be very exciting. So uh, appreciate it. Feels it feels like it's much. a time, even though we've been in this kind of slog where we need to level up the show. Well, and I don't know how we're going to do that, but like, I think we should to be a little transparent. Uh, one of the things I've been working on is getting help with trying to book guests. As you may notice, like guests are not really of priority to me. Um, and it's not that I don't enjoy talking to people. I do, but in the past, I spend so much time trying to wrangle guests and then half of them flake. They don't okay. turn up. You waste a bunch of time because you prep questions and then they don't show up. And so I've just become frustrated, but we have been able to get some help recently with trying to wrangle some people and trying to talk to people a little bit more. So those are the things I'm talking about. It's like, I just want, I want some help to do sort of the, some of the admin stuff that I don't necessarily have time to do mm -hmm. or my efforts would be better focused elsewhere. And so that's kind of the exciting thing. So, um, I share your, and uh, potentially some of the audience's view that like, there are little things that we can do to try to push um, in some places that, you know, one person or two people alone can't necessarily do. Yeah. Easily at least. True. Yeah. I do really respect the audience despite um, yelling at them, calling them fags all the time. <laughs> and so the ads thing, this is why we put ads at the top. Yeah. A, a lot of people intersperse ads throughout the show, which I find endlessly annoying. Hmm. And I hope that we can agree that we'll never do that. Um, maybe one day we'll see how poor we'll see how bad biden's economy gets we'll yeah, see really. how bad the asian shipping collusion gets. <laughs> yeah. wicked masshole the senate are selling out my gun rights are either not running anymore or only up in 2026 naturally lisa is not for it as it is not her turn to uphold the establishment because of kelly shibaka yeah you is got that that, seriously how you say her name you got that correct the first time and the reason i know is because i heard her on the radio i think it was dan bongino's show or whose show might have been like Hannity in the car or something. I thought her name was Kelly Chewbacca. It sounds a lot like that. Yeah, it's Kelly Shibaka. Yeah. Is she Harry? Uh, no, I don't think so. But she's running against Lisa Murkowski. She's primary. What luck. Here. Yeah. What luck that she's not Harry. Tim of Tams. Remember, uh, Chase's mother was Kathy Budin, um, former member of Weather Underground Apple Falling Tree. Yeah, <laughs> she was like a weren't both of his parents like convicted terrorists or something like that? Uh, Yes. I yes. think uh, she was, it was either his mom or his dad who was like a getaway driver in a serious crime. Mm. Something like that. Mm. Mostly peaceful wood chipper. Uga Booga is actually a common Swahili war cry. It roughly translate to where are the white women? Is that true? <laughs> There's no way that's true. Maybe though, I guess I, maybe I shouldn't dismiss it. Uh, all right. You keep going. I'll Google. There's no so way. So my it's Google would be, if I Google this, it would be Uga Booga and Demi Moore's Bush. <laughs> Oh, wait, this is a meme. This uh, According oh. to Know Your Meme, Ooga Booga, Where Do White Women At? is a phrase typically used to caption images of uh, men of color arising from the stereotype that men of color are naturally inclined to desire sexual, sexual relations with white women. 
See, the fact that I found that um, like 10 to 20, 10 to 50% believable <laughs> should make the black community reflect on their behavior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, sir, are a part of this and you need to think about what you've done. You that know. was such a realistic meme. <laughs> I didn't even know. You know, it's unfair uh, to blame everybody out there. It's entirely fair to blame Daryl Lamont Jenkins. He's single-handedly is. responsible for the meme. Daryl Lamont Jenkins is on his computer and he's like, ooga booga. Uga, booga. That one has demonstrated evidence, so I don't take it issue d- with is. that. That's true. It's not racist. Uh, Matteo, hey guys, not a fan under every bed. Don't want to live in Alex Jones, Joe Rogan land again. To the left's credit, they actually wield their power. Anti-riot laws are only enforced one way. Right never uses power. I agree with a lot of this, hmm. Matteo. I agree. Well, I think... Um... I think it would obviously would be inaccurate to say that power is never justly exercised. I mean, our entire government is designed to try to differentiate when power is justified and when it isn't. If no power exercise was ever justified, you presumably you wouldn't have a government at all in any sense. So I think the point is valid. Um, And I certainly could get with it in. So as someone who's obviously skeptical of exercises of power and someone who does not want to go too far in the wrong direction. Um, the point taken that there, to the extent there are just exercises, there's probably, there probably is a lot of cowardice or a lot of reluctance to do it where it is in fact just and necessary and legal. A, mm-hmm. An example is what's going on at the Supreme court houses right now. I mean, there is existing federal law against it, including local law in Virginia and Maryland It's perfectly consistent with the Supreme Court's uh, time, place and manner doctrine on the First Amendment. You have a constitutional right to protest, but you don't necessarily have a constitutional right to protest with a bullhorn in the cul-de-sac at three in the morning. There are content neutral restrictions of which, say, being outside of someone's home would be, you know, you want to talk about exercises of power that are probably just not allowing the sort of behavior that has contributed to now what is apparently an attempted assassination against the Supreme court justice to the point Matteo is making. Yeah, probably there probably are exercises of power that, that should be happening, but aren't. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Um, Smegma Bukaki 69, uh, on that, <laughs> on that serious note. Um, yeah. am I a bad person for thinking Jen Psaki is hot AF? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I'll have to just circle back with you. Tune into her MSNBC show. When's that coming out or is it already out? Is that still happening? Yeah, I think so. I'm a psychopath. I heard the news the other day and thought one of two things, either blonde ordered a moving truck filled with a few friends or a moving truck filled with glow sticks rolled into town, still undecided as to the truth of the matter. Hmm. I wish I were more involved in this. <laughs> I feel like if this is a real missed opportunity for footage and stuff. Um, Frankie fast hands about three years since I supported. So here's a dollar for each month. Love hmm. the show. And I'm glad you're taking steps and staying open minded in your faith journey, Matt. May God bless both of you and your families. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Well, yeah. Thank you for your support for the show. Appreciate it. And your we kind love words you. as well. You're very special. Jolly Roger says no note. Thank you. That's a note. Jolly Roger. That in and of <laughs> itself is a note. Thank yeah. you. Matteo, hi guys. I love you. You're very special. Could never get through a work week without you two. I never want to see you go. I'll help all I can. Blonde, thanks uh, for Dr. McDonald and Mr. Taylor this week. You are great with interviews. Thank you so much. I don't know why I'm really into this format right now. I think it's because it reminds me of like um, the old internet, like mm. like 2016 YouTube. Yeah. My favorite concept or my favorite uh, content was watching an interview about current events. 
um, and cultural issues between two YouTubers that I liked. Hmm. It was just always my favorite, and I just don't see that much of it anymore. So I'm like, I'm gonna make that content. Yeah, go back to uh, what got you into it. Makes sense. Well, I, I never did this on my channel though. Well, you've done some, but it was on other people's channels. Yeah, I guess you know what what got your channel attention was you speaking individually. Yeah, but I just feel like this is more where I'm at right now. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sure. Um, say D N word. Did you hear about the constipated accountant? Accountant. He couldn't budget. So he had to work it out with a pencil and paper. See, Matt does like his fountain, pen. <laughs> fountain pens. Can't recommend them enough. Well, that's an anal stuff tonight. Uh, dangerous spaces. Two weeks in a row. Uh, uh, the FBI said there was no evidence that January 6th would plan. This committee says they have to. They have found a plan. So basically they're saying the FBI is useless. Awesome. Let's pressure Biden to disband. I know. How are they going to circle this square? Oh, uh, that square would be uh, if that was the conclusion at the end. I'd say mm, sacrifice Trump to dismantle the FBI. All right, deal. I'm hitting the deal button. Sorry, <laughs> I will Donald. Take but, the deal. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you are the sacrificial lamb on this one. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, Michael Anderson says. Actus reus translate loosely to bad act. Every crime requires an actus reus uh, and a uh, me and rea. Or evil intent. I'm sorry if I mispronounced this. Generally, failure to act will not compose a crime. Well, maybe you maybe you're more familiar with the 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 legal philosophy or structure um, than I am. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I just I guess the only thing I have questions about. And again, as a non-lawyer, um, how could it be? How can it always have? How can it? How can an evil intent always be necessary if there are negligent crimes? How does how does that square? Or is negligence yeah. itself like part of an evil intent, like a lower form of an evil intent? Maybe that's the answer. Maybe they're not. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to argue. I'm trying to. It understand must be more difficult to to prove though. Yeah, I don't know. And and uh, okay, translates loosely to bad act. So actus reus, but. There, I guess the the point I the issue I take with that too, or the point of confusion that I don't understand, there are all sorts of bad acts that are not in fact illegal. I can call you a stupid son of a bitch. It might be a bad act, but it's not illegal. Right. I and can do what it if with you intent to um, do it? It's not illegal. What if you have evil intent, you plan a crime, and then instead of it being thwarted, you just decide not to do it? Yeah. Well, I suppose there's that's what that's conspiracy. That's seditious conspiracy. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. A plot that you did not in fact uh enact well thanks for um the points michael and uh you know as always with my legal uh discussions um i'm not a lawyer <laughs> i'm not That's i'm not good. qualified on this, but <clears throat> i just don't understand what they're talking about so i'm gonna go with that esoterica unbound the id pride parade was an embodiment of doom of the west a bunch of unlikable ultra right larpers versus a bunch of oh unfuckable sorry unfuckable gender marxists hmm. they both consume our resources and contribute nothing to the future you know i think maybe people don't criticize people on the right enough we, we don't police our own as much as we probably should yeah i suppose that's true and i used to i think i used to be more I don't know if aggressive is the right word about that, but I used to care about that more. And I'm not saying I don't care about that anymore because you should stand on principle and not on team, at least in my opinion. But um, the consequences of lo of losing focus and energy on the threat that is the progressive left at the moment, 
I, I just don't necessarily care if someone who gets 99% of things right has a misstep here or there. Like I need to jump all over them when there are actual communists who want to come to my house, steal my shit and force a pride patch on me. Like, you know, that, that yeah, kind but of we stuff. We also just, need to like think about how our association, our associations are reflecting upon our own image, hmm. which I understand you understand something about that because of your association with me. But last year I went to a party like a right wing party, and I, I literally saw someone there in an SS uniform, and I was like, <laughs> "What? What the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, what are you? What are you doing?" I see. Yeah, and it's, just, it's like stop, like like stop larping, like like Got stop it. the the Z Kyles. I don't like. I don't care if it's real or if it's in jest or whatever, but like, <laughs> it doesn't. I don't think it makes us look evil, but it makes us look like we aren't serious. Got it. And that's what bothers me more. I see. We are um, at the bottom of the hour. I don't know if you're in any time constraint. Oh, we, I, we've got not okay. too many. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Robin D. Banks. Um, am I supposed to believe that the that a president who controls the military sent instead a bunch of goofs unarmed to knock over a bookshelf, break a few windows, and that's a coup? January 6th is fake news. We all know that. I mean, this is just so ridiculous. Um, the irony is he apparently wanted to send the National Guard for protection of the, uh, of the facility, and that mm-hmm. didn't happen. Yeah. Yep. Thar, Biden, COVID is no federal solution. Biden didn't see Afghan coming. Biden, inflation is a global issue, not Fed. Me, what are you saying? What do you do here? Yeah, exactly. What I, do you yeah, do? Yeah, what, what is your job? Ken Nichols, $21 bill stuffed into metrosexual Matt's frilly G-string. Good show, you two. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, appreciate I, it. I bet $1,000 that Matt wears flannel boxers. No. No. What? No, you don't have to tell me, but that would just be my guess. No, uh, but if you don't want to know, then I won't say. I, well, now I do want to know. Is Boxer. it? A, it's it's a frilly g string, isn't it? <laughs> it's a frilly g string. Boxer oh. briefs. The correct answer. Boxer briefs. Is that the one that like like gently cups your nutsack? It's like uh, a, a, not like briefs that are short. Not like whitey tidies. Boxer briefs are like snug boxers, and usually like a quick dry material. That's the oh, best because okay. in case you like you sweat a little bit or whatever, you know, things get moist as everyone's favorite word is. <laughs> so it's like yeah. a, a medium ball hammock. Yeah. With like long, longer leg pieces, you know, like mid thigh. They go down there. Huh. I keep getting this Instagram ad for these man underwear yeah. that like you, you, you gently set your balls in and they like hug your balls. Like, oh, I've seen that. Yeah. That, I, I've never tried that, but that doesn't. Let me know live chat if you like those. Cause maybe I should buy some for my husband. Hmm. Huh? Everybody's really disappointed. You don't wear flannel boxers. It looks like, I mean, I guess I would for like a pajamas or something, but not the thing is like boxers when they're too loose, you have to like, that's like too much to like shove into your pants. You know what I mean? It's like too much clothing to get under your pants and then it bunches up and gets all weird. And then you your some, balls probably stick to your legs. You want something that's a little snugger, you know, a little snugger. Yeah. You should start an only fans where it's just you uh, fully clothed, but in uh, flannel boxers. I'll call it Lil snugger. That will be my only fans. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> username. Yeah. Robin D banks. Uh, Dems. Remember January 6th? Me. I do. Gas was two nineteen a gallon. Seriously, their message may as well be: forget that you're poor idiots. Fixate yeah. on our fixed scandal. We want you to care about that we created. That yeah. 
That is their message. And then the left just loves it. Donde 2K, the very idea of storming the Capitol to halt Pence was itself a giant glow stick to stop Cruz, Cotton, and others from objecting. Anyway, have some ooga booga bucks. <laughs> Thank you. It. Yeah, I remember that. They all suddenly changed their mind about certifying the election. Yep. Yeah. Trav to the world. Can we drop the I'm not phobic rhetoric now? If you're not scared of what the alphabet mafia is doing and how much power they've accumulated, you're being naive. Uh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. look at the sort of stuff that that the sort of power they're trying to wield. It's perfectly rational to be so-called phobic of that sort of thing. Like you're talking about denying the basic rights of everybody else and forcing them to comply with your weird agenda. That was never yeah. the deal. That was not the deal that we agreed to. Uh, people forget what um, phobia really means. Um, you know, when you have, when you have a phobia of, of spiders, when you're arachnophobic, the, the, the sight of a spider fills you with, um, a paralyzing fear of death. Hmm. Me saying that I don't want homos to rape my kid is not a phobia. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. That's a perfectly um, fair position. I would say. Matty O, I'm really shilling for you guys tonight. I just bought a shirt on the website. That's an underrated way to support the show. Matt, thanks for the response about $1 a month and blonde. Please keep your great interviews going. I love you. We love you too, Matty. Well, thank you for your support. Very much appreciated. Say we love you. You're very special. Very special. Sarah Spain will be among the first to get in. <laughs> she uh, she's gonna get in the kitchen. How about that? She's she gonna, is she's like a get really kitchen. hot kitchen. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. You almost got me, Robin D. Banks. Lol, I make jokes about. Please don't put that big thing in my dookie and I ate chili for lunch. I'll make a mess. And now it's literally Postmates commercial. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish I could have been in the room uh, where they planned that advertisement and how that discussion went. It was a bunch of homos and then never mind. I am <laughs> dangerous. Yeah. Esoteric Unbound. This flick was a sad ripoff of the Kane Mutiny Court Martial. You really um, should have watched that one instead. Bogart was great. Stop wasting your life on post-60s movies. You guys need to vote for some stuff that I'm going to like. Post-60s? That's a long time, though, man. Like, can we watch some Fellini or or something like like great films? Well, there's another... I think July is another five week month. So maybe we could reopen for another blonde nomination at the end of July. Yes. Maybe we could do that. Good. And it'll all be movies I haven't seen. Ah. Why be Nick? Uh, thank you, Dr. Goldstein, for teaching us. Oh, I can't read that either. <laughs> how to keep your, how to keep things clean, you know, as they, yeah, as they said. Knuckle hunky buck. Um, yeah. Order bottom friendly food from Postmates this Pride Month so you don't have to make the room stink too much. Have fun reading that one, Blonde. God, <laughs> why are you guys doing this to me? But I appreciate the donation. Cody Bradshaw, growing up, I watched one Tom Cruise movie, one of the Mission Impossibles. Vowed never to give that guy a cent of my money ever again. Haven't watched one since. He's also 5'4", so. Is he that small? I guess he five, seems like six, he might be maybe. kind of small. Behana fam. Matt and I once made love. It involved a few good men and got a bit fart sniffing. <laughs> that was kind of G-rated. Yeah. Uh, I made that reference earlier, so I walked right into that one. But thank Ken, you. He walked right into it. You heard it here. Ken Nichols. Jessup was right in Code Reds and criticizing the candy-ass Washington Navy Yard culture, but wrong in breaking the law by lying. Step up mm. if you fuck up. I, okay, I can see that. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, incompetent hands. The Postmate ad reminds me of the ridiculous RoboCop ads. It was the idiocracy of its day, and his Auto Nine machine pistol is worth one wiki alone. 
Well, I didn't give it a one. I credited it for its uh, violence, you know? I mean, I I had some entertainment in it. Okay. Brett Kester, on the topic of pubic hair, he said public hair, I assume it's banned. If you shave the front and not the back, you're just making an upside down mullet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what she did, but she didn't shave anything. Whatever. There was, there was not a hair plucked in that, in that situation. It's bizarre. Like, in the absence of shaving, nothing on earth is ever going to make my ass that hairy. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I don't know how that happened, but only it's one crazy. person knows, and that's her. Yeah, AP. Um, I'm why stores ditched the black square for the laser for the automatic doors. I got my head stuck in one when I was five because I ran over it chasing after my mom. I'm now 36. <laughs> not much has changed. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's a big change in the world. Yeah. J2 Thank you. Corpse, no note. Thank you, sir. Brom39. Man, Bitcoin is plunging. What, what is it? What is is it still? I know it's been brutality, especially, well, it's been for like the last few months, but everything dipped Friday in response to the inflation report. But How bad are, is it? What are we looking at? Let me load up here. Suplex supplier says, we love you. You're very special. We love Ooh. you. Ooh. What is it? Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Bitcoin is, is down 20? at- No, it's down at 25, though. Bitcoin is- <gasps> Oh! Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Get this. Ethereum's oh. down at 13. Oh, my God. This is uh, Ethereum worth like 160 or something. Well, Ethereum at its height was worth like, I think, like 4,500 bucks. Now it's at 13. Ethereum was worth 4,500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back uh, like in the fall. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh this God. is absolute and- brutality. Oh, Alexander V says, love you guys from the Ukraine. And we love you too. Oh, no. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, no. This is terrible. (laughs) Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck says, Matt and I once ordered lunch from Postmates. I ordered whatever I wanted and Matt had to order from their special menu. (laughs) I'm definitely not doing that. He also said, forget the Matt and Blonde show. The new title must become Lil Snugger and Blonde. Uh, No, I'm not doing that. And last one is Bible Study Robert. The Agis Reyes requirement. Ooh. I'm going to I'm going to. Yeah, I don't know that word either for certain forms of crimes for in coat crimes. Yeah. um, Is something less than a criminal act, but that shows intent to act on the criminal plan. Oh, okay. Oh, it's an uncomfortable gray area. So if you didn't. if you decided not to do it, you wouldn't be charged. I guess. I don't know. That's uh thank you. Bible study, Robert. And maybe when I talk to Robert on Saturday, I'll ask him for some clarification on this, which is a great reminder too. the Bible study with Robert is going fantastically well. So if you'd like to join, those are Saturday nights at 8 uh, PM Eastern information on the Bible study page of my website, linked on the homepage. And if you just like to listen passively, you can do that through the audio that's in Bible, uh, Bible study, Robert's Bible study blog as well. So, <laughs> That's Thank all. you, Robert. Appreciate it. I think we're all set. Let me uh, check up on Tippy Stream. We're good on D Live, and uh, let's see, Canadian Egg. Yeah, we talked about that one. All right, so we are all set. Anything else before we get out of here? Nope. Thank you guys so much for watching. All right. Well, thank you, one and all, for joining us. Appreciate it. Um, and of course, uh, thank ev- uh, thanks everybody for the uh, the support once again. It was very humbling and very much appreciated and uh i'm very confident we uh we have great things coming for this show uh in the future so appreciated very much on that front and of course if you're looking for more to listen to 
You can find that on the audio platforms of the, of the uh, show. They're linked in the description and over on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. Speaking of, you can find everything show-related over on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. You can find the show there. You can find our contact there. You can sneeze over there. You can find t-shirts over there, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a good night. See you guys. <laughs>